righty, footy and frothy has just had a headset issue there as we got started, but uh, we're all here. We welcome back the uh, giant amorphous head of Oliver for those watching on YouTube. Uh, what's going on, Lee? Where have you been? Where have I been? Um, I went to Mexico um, oh. for a getaway for a couple of weeks there. Uh, spiritual journey. Has, has everything blown over? <laughs> Sorry? Has everything blown over? Uh, I'm not willing to comment. Okay. Probably for the best. Allegedly. <laughs> Good chat. All right, Barney, what's going on? <laughs> no, no, not hey, I said no comment. <laughs> you know, some really good games of footy on the weekend again, so which is always a good thing. Um, Recording in progress. Can't tip a winner to back to, to save myself. Mm. Super coaches struggling, going really well in this you know this footy thing that we talk about for hours every week. Yeah, why change your habit of um, the last five years, eh? But anyway, yeah, it's been alright though. It's been yeah. two good rounds of footy now. I don't think I've been bored by a single. I've been angered by game, <laughs> but I haven't been bored by a game yet. Uh, Ollie, what have you made of? Give me a. a 60-second, finish his sentence. Round one, the NRL 2023 was? Terrible. All right. <laughs> I tipped two from eight, and I, like Barney, lost both my Supercoach games. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know many people who tipped exceptionally well this round, to be honest. It, it seemed like a bit of a stinker for most. Um yeah, I got four for the record. But, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's been tough going. And this round ahead doesn't get any easier. Uh, the standard of football itself, anything caught your eye? Uh, I think the Broncos looked really impressive. We'll obviously get into them. Um, up against the Cowboys, I thought it would be – I thought it was a pretty good game, but a lot closer. Um, Penrith looked a lot better as well. Um, they are probably the two uh, standout performances and uh, – yeah, a couple a couple of teams uh, that we'll get to later. That I, uh, one in particular I don't really want to get to that um, put in a, a shocking performance. So um, yeah, we got both ends of the spectrum this week. That we did. Uh, do you anyone touch on Barn before we get to the news? No, not not overly, mate. Um, oh, the missus did tell me during the week that I should get in touch with my feminine side a little bit more. Nice. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, how'd they go for her? Oh, well, I started an argument straight away for no reason. <laughs> so that, I thought that was a tick. And I went and crashed the car and didn't speak to her for two days. So. Uh, did it lead to some hallway sex or what? <laughs> no, mate. <laughs> no. I think Barty needs to adopt the no comment technique that I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will also pass zero comment. She knows directly, so it's fine. Uh, we All right, news. Let's talk about that. Now, the big news out of today is that um, they've – Ordered a mandatory from after next week, a mandatory 11-day stand-down for concussion. Uh, I'll be completely honest, I didn't read the article that got sent to me. So um, <laughs> I assume that's failing HIA. Or is it categories? Or Category one, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good, good. I guess um, they've got to be seen to be taking action. I don't disagree with it. There's players need to be protected from themselves. So, yeah, I think it's um, for the better of the game, Bar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, the biggest <laughs> the biggest talking point out of it is what the, what's going to happen with legal action down the down the road. You can already see it coming, and what overseas, and now it's started up over here as well. So, um, yeah, that's going to be something that's going to need to be followed pretty um, pretty intently. And I'm sure they'll, they'd be getting the whole panel of lawyers lawyers together to see where they're at. But um, yeah, no, that absolutely has to be for the betterment of the game, um, or for the player anyway, for the safe safety of the player. 
thing that does sort of stand out to me is you're going to end up having squads of 40, I think. Yep. You're going to end up having to carry another 10 players in your first grade squad just to, you know, <coughs> whether they... I can see them, you dropping, drag them up from reserve dropping, grade and stuff. But dropping the round 10 rule yeah. for developmental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're going to have to do something have to, like that. I think they have to. Because Newcastle, I think Newcastle already have applied for uh, dispensation. dispensation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it's going to have to go that way. They're going to have to find probably another pool of 10 players from somewhere, whether it's reserve grade or the, the junior grades to come in and, you know, look after the blokes that are getting seriously knocked out because yeah. it seems to be one, at least one or two every week. So, Ollie, I mean, any rules pretty much being brought in to ensure the, the safety of players, especially with head knocks, I'm, I'm all for. The, the only thing um, really with the, the introduction of the ind independent doctor as well, uh, I think the only thing that I guess can sort of be improved on by the clubs is there were multiple times on the weekend and last week as well, I noticed where a, a player's clearly been hit in the head, right? So they, they're going to have to go off for a HIA. But I think now because there's an independent doctor, the, the club doctors are a bit more hesitant to take them off straight away. And then two plays later, the, the game gets stopped because the independent doctors called for a player to come off the field. I just think it's sort of, it's a bit ridiculous and the commentators even started pointing it out. I yeah. think it was uh, the Roosters-Warriors game. Um, I forget exactly who it was because there were a couple of head knocks, but um, I think it was actually Egan Butcher uh, at the start of the game when he got his knock and it seemed pretty... So I mean, he got split open. It seemed pretty certain that he was going to be going off and the Roosters doctor checked him all fine. And then I'm pretty, I think it was Andrew Voss or whoever it was commentating said, well, the, the game's going to stop in a, in a couple of plays here because Butcher's going to have to go off. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, pretty much I'm very happy with the introduction of this new rule, but that's probably, the, I think that independent doctor, um, I don't know, maybe it's a, a bit more awareness from, it's, it's more the clubs really needing to take it upon themselves maybe to make some more realistic decisions because I feel like now... Um, they might be becoming a bit too reliant early on on the independent doctor or hoping that they can clear a player and the independent doctor won't pick up on it or whatever. Particularly for the ones where it, it's pretty blatant. Um, like you said, it was mentioned, I think it might be multiple games, it was mentioned in commentary, well, he'll be going off in two tackles, and he did. Uh, we saw it, they saw it, everyone, except apparently the doctor saw it. <laughs> um, I think in the Penrith game, no, there was one in the Penrith game and Sonny Luke was already warming up. Knowing it was coming, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Ken, it must have been Kenny then, because Luke got up and started warming up straight away, and two tackles later he was on the field. So uh, I agree with you 100% with that. It's a bit a bit farcical. I think there probably just needs to be a line of communication, probably between the independent doctor and the club doctor, and say why did you leave him on? Um, I assume in some cases there's probably the 30 seconds where the trainer checks and the trainer has to report back, and it goes to the da 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 da. Yeah, but, I, um, I suppose, I don't know, it, it seems on the surface level, like, to me, is it like, uh, well, uh, do, do you really need that player on for the, the next two tackles before they get taken off anyway? I mean... Like, particularly when it's so blatant, like, just, just stop the game. Have the time out then and there. We do every for every freaking thing, everything else under the sun. Yeah. Have the time out and say, we'll just check him now, get him off. Uh... That was going to lead to, yeah, but overall, I agree. I think there's think kinks to be on now. We'll see it in practice. Uh, you both raised pretty valid points. Anything else you want to finish on, on regards that? No, it, obviously a fair bit to play out, but we'll see where they go to from there. Uh, let's get to signing news. The Chooks have re-signed Teddy after all the alleged drama till 2025, so good for them. That takes him, I believe, to 33. 
Nathan Brown's also signed there because um, I believe Gordon Tallis called it the salary circus or something, but <laughs> or circus tent. Circus but tent, yeah. yeah, they went and found another Origin Four just to bolster their ailing stocks. Poor buggers. Uh, any thoughts on either of them, Ollie? Uh, well, with the Nathan Brown one, you'd have to think that Parramatta's paying what half of that contract for the paying out his contract for the rest of the year that he was contracted to Parramatta. So, but look, I can understand that one. Then uh, re-sign aims to Dersko, of course. The the person in focus coming out of that isn't actually James Dersko. It's, of course, Joseph Suwali'i now, where it's sort of the balls in his court, um, whether or not he wants to move to rugby union or... Uh, and not a lot of people are talking about it, but th- there's a chance that another NRL club could come along and say, here's one million, we'll start you at fullback. There are probably going to well, be... Well, apparently South offered him 900. Didn't they just re-sign Suwali? Yeah, he's, he's re-signed anyway. He has re-signed. Yeah, uh, till, yeah end of 2024. Yeah. Um, but the only but, people talking yeah. about it are the media. Now, at no point has anyone from Roosters been happy. Like, I just figure... The bloke was unhappy with left this year, and... Um, and he's happy playing his position. He's playing centre. He's playing well. You know, what more does he want? I, I sort of feel as well. I'm not sure if you guys have seen the footage on replay, but that, that play where Suwili, it was the Sam Walker try where Suwili made the break and Tedesco was there. And I, I feel like it's a big media beat up. I mean, they could have made that play. They probably have in other games last year or whatever. And it, it went unnoticed because to them, it was it's just part of the game. But, um, you know, people saying that Suli, he purposely didn't want to pass the ball to Tedesco so we uh, could score uh, more. Uh, I made the joke. We were up here, actually. I made the joke live, but it, I didn't mean it. Like, it was just <laughs> well, part just, of play. Is, you know, it's footy. He, he, dropped, the, he dropped one I th- with I, the I think nine, nine wide open about think, two minutes before. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I think he nine did. times out of ten, he thinks he scores. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, no, he's just back. he's a kid, mate. He's a yeah. nineteen-year-old kid who's backed himself to beat the fullback on the outside, and it didn't, you know, didn't quite happen. And he was lucky that Walker popped up where he did. But yeah, yeah at the end of the day, they probably would, even if he does get tackled, they get a quick play of the ball and well, score off the next set anyway. Ted, Teddy's so. standing there; he probably still throws it at Teddy anyway. Quite possibly. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, so I guess happy times. That's just in a good Rooster way to, you know, everyone wants to talk about something. So. It, the good thing for the Roosters is it probably just ends the talk for 12 months until next year when Suwali is looking to, for another upgrade and then they have to basically put it on the line of what, what happens once Teddy's contract's done. So, Well, but. you imagine Kiri's only got a year left, so there'll be a big... They'll be able to crowbar someone in a six then. Manu awesome. might move to six, whoever it might be. Well, Kiri's not that old, is he? He's one head knocking away from him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, no, I think he's still 32. I'm probably wrong. I think he just feels older because he's been researched <laughs> time through injury. Someone smarter than us will tell us in the comments below. Uh, Brisbane have re-signed Patrick Carrigan to 2028. Fantastic signing. One of the game's premier players in the conversation for the game's best lock. Uh, and maybe depending on what day of the week it is, you'd vote for him. I know I would. So, uh, great signing for them. But, yeah, nothing else yeah. to say on that, mate. <laughs> you hit that on the head. And the Storm have re-signed Josh King till 2026. Again, another astute signing for a club that needs to shore up a few things now. Uh, they've got one of their, probably their best workhorse right now shored up. So Yeah, well, that's their big rebuild area, obviously. They've got to rebuild this forward nice pack paycheck over the next too, couple of years. So. And, yeah, hopefully he got a good upgrade because he's worked his ass off for the last 12 months. So. Injury news. Uh, we'll judiciary first one leads into the other as usual. Saifidi took the early plea five weeks for the high shot on um, 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 not to allow the other Tigers player. 
who oh Simpkins. Simpkins, yeah. Uh, Shoulder to the face. Yeah, probably he uh, took one week up um, for the Tigers for the dangerous shot late in the game. Drink water three weeks for breaking Corey Oates' jaw. And uh, Jerry Marshall King three weeks as well, which perhaps a momentum stutterer for the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, it could cause a few problems with, um, with their dummy half option there. But um, Drinkwater for me was interesting. Um, I thought he might, probably should have had maybe four or five weeks for the, the charge. Obviously, you can't really go off what happened to the bloke, but there was no real arms involved and it was direct shoulder contact to the head. And you, you see, you know, the other blokes go for the same sort of... Yep. length of time but it was pretty much the same thing as they gave Graham the week before which I think first contact was the chest and then up into the head so I probably thought they would have uh, may probably put an extra week on top of drink waters one but that's nah, all what comes out in the wash realistically Graham did only get the extra week because of you challenged you it anyway it, yeah but. nothing at all no not really I, I, I think pretty much all of those calls there were fair Nothing too outrageous in terms of the suspensions. Uh, yeah, as mentioned, Corey, eight, six to eight weeks, broken jaw. Nelson Asafa Solomona looking mm. at eight weeks for an MCL, which is a huge out for Melbourne. Uh, not ideal at all for their stocks right now. Uh, Tommy Talao, broken nose, probably a month, I'd say. Simpkins is going to have to pass HA HIA test um, before he comes back. And apparently Dane Laurie's knee is no good. Uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And at Newcastle, well, they're, they're missing 10 players. Ponga, we don't know when we'll see him again. Uh, and both Kurt Mann and Adam Elliott are going to miss the next four to six weeks. So that they're big outs, all, mm. all three of them, obviously. But uh, hopefully we see Ponga back next week. But, yeah, it's uh, panic stations at Newcastle. Before we get into the first game, I'll just touch on a couple of things. Let's just quickly touch on Rugby League merch. Head there and check out uh, your brand new shirt at Rugby League merch. I did say that uh, if <laughs> Dragons were to win last week, I'd reassess my life. There's now a shirt about it. So go and support all of us. And, I want to uh, see the notes pick up on that this shirt. reassessment too, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's an independent panel. Okay, right. <laughs> it's, it's not an easy One man <laughs> Trust me. Uh, they've had three resign already. But anyway, um, that's on them. <laughs> Uh, we've got Michael McGuire is going to be one of the ones heading yeah. up here. Okay, <laughs> um, they, yeah, but anyway, they won. The shirt's up there, but you can also buy one of these fine hats. You can also buy a one more beer shirt. Ollie's finally promoting there. Uh, one more, one more club, club, I yeah. should say. We've got uh, shirts, hats, beanies, all sorts of good stuff there. PCTC, did you write anything down? I did not. Cool. Uh, <laughs> go, uh, there's a comp, lots of people in it. It's on Facebook. If you're in it, you know what's going on. Uh, we'll touch on Supercoach. I'm running dead last. I can tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> so stick around three and get Barney's round one and one round two and a half hours. This round. Yeah. Uh, so, or maybe write down who who does tip just exactly. so you don't have to. Put the red pen through them. Uh, anything else? Anything else to talk about, Bolly? <laughs> no. Cool. No? All right. So we kick off. Let's get straight into our review, which uh, last Thursday, which seems like an eternity ago now. Kicked off with the uh, Penrith Panthers 16 over the Rabbitohs 10. Uh, do you want to do some stat stuff, Bun? Yeah, sure. We had three tries for Penrith, two to South Sydney. One out of three conversions played one out of two and one out of one penalty attempt for Penrith. 32 out of 40 sets played 24 out of 35. 295 plus running metres for Penrith. Four line breaks to two. 42 tackle bust to 25. 
Five offloads to 11. Three force dropouts by Penrith, one by South Sydney. Zero 40-20s, 367 tackles played 374. One ruck infringement from both sides, zero inside the 10s. Five penalties conceded to seven, nine errors to 13 for South Sydney. James Fisher-Harris with 46 tackles. Damian Cook with 60. Uh, Taruva made 198 running metres and Tass with 168. Supercoach points, Crichton was the highest on 85. Brian Toto with 67 and Isaiah Tass on 66. Yeah, so what I should have realised uh, heading into this game is that Souths are in fact Penrith's, Penrith's sons. They had, uh, they just have Souths' number. They knew to get under Cody Walker's skin from the outset, which um, naturally a pumpkin went straight on his head. Uh, from there, they um, owned the middle part of the field. And as I was saying to Barn, which you couldn't hear, Ollie, <laughs> uh, is uh, they have... Um, well, what I underpaid this this round is respect to teams that were missing, that had dominance through the middle of the field, and the teams that were missing their important key middle forwards um, almost all got beat this round, to be honest now I think of it. So uh, it's something I'll pay closer attention to going forward, but until I see Souths beat Penrith, I can't possibly ever tip them in a game of football against each other again right at this time. Am I thinking the right way, Ollie? I think so, and I think those errors really let South Sydney down because other than that, I don't think they were horrible. Um, but Penrith just looked the more likely as well when they were in possession, especially for the duration of the first half. Even though Penrith didn't go up by a whole lot, they were certainly down South Sydney's end of the field for a long period of time there. Um, there were some good defensive efforts, though, from the South Sydney players, even though Penrith were able to sort of get on top of them in attack. Uh, Damian Cook and Cameron Murray stand out for me. Uh, but it, it it just seemed like, in a weird way, it sort of seemed like the Penrith side of last year, even though they are missing those key players. Um, I think Isaiah Yo was probably the best player on the field. Um, Cameron Murray was actually close to him, I thought. Uh, but I think Yo pipped him there, especially in the winning side. In both attack and in defence, he was just absolutely outstanding. And Penrith's back five was given time to, to breathe and sort of run amok and just do what they do. I think they all got over 100 metres easily. Stephen Crichton, I think, was the best out of the back five as well, uh, if not probably Dylan Edwards, but I feel like Crichton was the standout. Um, and his defence was good as well on the edge. Um, I thought he handled South Sydney's edges quite um, quite distinctly there. Uh, Penrith, they probably deserve to win by a bit more based off of the scoreline, but I, I, it, it's weird because I don't think South Sydney were that horrible, literally, other than the errors. They still had players like Murray, um, like Damian Cook as well, who put in those big performances, and I think that... If it just wasn't for the errors, we could have had a much closer game. Realistically, yeah. obviously the score was close, but... Yeah, there were some key errors along the way. Barn, what did you think of the performance? No, I think these are both pretty on point here. The Penrith just played with a, a much higher intensity than they have in the last two games that they've played. They played so much they're so much quicker than they have... Um, well, you don't often see Cam Murray have to go for a spell 20 minutes in the game to the point where I think we all thought he was injured. We yeah. it was going <laughs> it didn't, it didn't, but, didn't um, quite click He was just cooked because they, the they owned him through the, 
that centre. Yeah, they just came out with a completely different attitude and they, they went straight through that middle. They obviously came there with a game plan to, to turn over that ruck and come back in behind and they made massive inroads in the, at the start of this game. They dominated this game for 60 minutes, I thought, and should have won by much more. <laughs> um, I, there was a few breakdowns in the, in the attack out wide. But it did seem a lot smoother than it has recently as well. Obviously, in the last couple of games that they've played, um, the, the passing was was much better. But they just weren't that didn't have that sort of incisive edge where they could just split them open. It, it, to be fair, South Sydney did scramble extremely well, especially for that first half an hour or so, where they were under the pump for a long part, long parts of the first half an hour. Um, yeah, the, the back line's still nowhere near as it, as it could be, but Souths were rattled and on the back foot for, as I said, probably that first hour, and they just seemed to be scrambling for their lives time and time again, and even once they, they changed and went to the bench, the, those guys were coming on and having to do the same thing straight away. So, it, it, you know, when you're on the back foot, it's very hard to swing momentum, and they just couldn't seem to do it for, for the, hour, the hour of the game. Um, Walker, as you said, put the pumpkin on and he was a disadvantage to his side for big parts of this game when he was getting put the um, the angry head now, on. I know you love one of my outrageous statements, Ollie. So here's one. Souths can't win a comp by Cody Walker's F5-8. Simple as that. I don't think so. Whereas I agree. Yeah. My, I, go on. I might have said this last year. so. But um, yeah. well, they, they, they would be much you. better off long-term um, or even short-term having Latrell play six or finding... Six, having the troll play, you know, six and get it going, getting so like a, a Swahili, for example, to play fullback, or trying to get Blake Staff up to Blake, Blake Taff up to scratch, because um, there's just too much of that crap in his game, and I it, think that'll it be there. a job it, it, for him. But. It was a complete detriment. Well, you know, yeah. What about <laughs> what about when he came on and oh, here he is, and he dropped the first ball, <laughs> and then um, I think dropped second. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Taruva's an absolute workhorse. For a little bloke who sits on the wing, he's been getting through a mountain of work in the last couple of weeks, and he did it again in this one. And he made a big... He had a big impact with that hard work. And we can't wait to see him get a bit of clean ball, and um, you know, because he's got a lot of pace. So when they do click, I expect him to start putting on some, some tries down that side for Penrith. Jerome got a lot more involved in this game than he has in the last couple. Yeah, um, it's his, uh, his best game in a long time. Mm, his defence was quite good too. He put on Not a, 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 a shot or two, which was nice. Um, I shouldn't say that because he was pretty good in the World Cup. But he was very, very good in this game. And I think Liam Martin flipping to the right was a big part helps, of that. Yeah, it's, it's Absolutely a big part of that. Short up that his outside shoulder, which yep. always helps. Um, yeah, Isaac Thompson, I thought, had a pretty tough night for the South Sydney team, which... Um, you get that, the wingers every now and then have a bit of a shocker. I thought Shakai Mitchell was fantastic in the middle. Um, he's starting to really force his name into his, maybe possibly a starting position if he keeps going the way he's going down the track. Um, Murray was good. Trell was good when he got involved, but he didn't get involved for 45, 50 minutes of this game. He just had one of those games where he sits out the back and watches everything sort of go by. When he did get involved, obviously the points came, but um, yeah, it would, you'd like to see him have, you know, 15, 20 touches instead of six or seven in a yeah. game like this. Um, Particularly because the minute he did, there was 10 points scored. I expect him to have a big game minutes. this weekend just because it's the Roosters um, thing and that's, he seems to, of those emotionally charged games, he really gets up and has a good game. So we'll see how he does go, but I'm expecting him to be much better this week. Um, although Isaiah Tass was very good, um, close to the Bunnies' best and, um, yeah, Cook just tackled his backside off again. Um, he, he couldn't get his running game going, so he just 
Buck would <laughs> got down in the trenches and made his 60 tackles like he does when they're on the back foot. I thought he was fantastic for the Bunnies. Um, Brian Toto had probably one of his better games for a little while, got a little bit more involved. Cleary was decent without sort of setting the world on fire. He just, I don't know, it's just that half a step behind where he was at his best last year. Obviously, he's still getting them into the right positions, but he's not pulling teams apart like he, he can do. Johan Fisher-Harris worked their, their ass off. Uh, Martin and Edwards had a really good impact on the game. Poor old Martin, he dropped the first four balls he touched, I think. <laughs> he did that the week before <laughs> as well. Yeah. And um, Garner, I have to say, had a really good impact on this he game. He, he worked back more towards the middle, um, angled back towards the post and had a, a, a big impact well, on this he, game he, at times. He probably could have and, and you could argue should have scored two tries. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe you'd argue he did score two tries, to be honest. <laughs> One of them at least. Um, Counter that with the fact I think he clearly knocked that ball on when Luai kicked the ball away down the field and they scored. But um, that's a knock on every day of the week. I don't know how they didn't even how there was no lateral shot shown of that either was was very odd. I thought, but um, I think overall though South sit back and go, well, we're missing who we're missing. We, we still only lost by we six. We had to do the hard work, and we, yeah. we couldn't have scrambled any harder to only yeah. lose by six to the premiers. You're probably going okay. Yeah, I'd say they would be pretty happy um, with... Um, at least if that's Hey Dimitri, that's how you're trying to sell it. Yeah. Uh, and say, look, this is how close we're getting now. What can we do from here? Look, we saw um, the other bloke I'll get, get your boys' opinions on. You know, everyone raved about Isaac... Uh, not Luke, uh, Sonny Luke last week. Mm-hmm. Um, for the 20 minutes we saw against Tide Ford, we saw him more exposed now for the best part of 60. He was good. But he's not He's not it's the ward beater. I think yeah. people think he might have been... Um, off last week, which I suggested he wouldn't be, but um, did a fine job. Yeah, service was um, was fine. He got out. Well, there was one or two nice little runs in behind the the, um, the markers there, but yeah, he didn't really turn the middle over like he did the week before. Oh, Only? yeah, I, I thought he was fine. I think that um, the, the efforts of other players in the team probably prevented him from needing to do too much when he did come onto the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any final words from this game? What do we take away? Look, at I think the Penrith's playing sort of played away a little bit from the dummy half as well. It was more the big forwards rolling through the middle and then hit the edges, um, which they did for big parts of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, not really. Uh, Isaiah Yo, as Oli said, I thought was hands down the best player on the field. Joining in with the attack again and doing all the, the defensive workload and the hard stuff that not many people were out there wanted to do. Um, had Crichton down as the two points. It was very effective ball in hand. And then I either had uh, Cook or Garner for the one point. Wow. I had, well, just quickly, actually, it, it probably, are we both saying business is usual now for Penrith? Only? I think there's still a fraction uh, behind. But. Uh, it, this was a very weird game. So I don't want to outright say that they're back because it's weird. But. Penrith were clearly the dominant side and the better side, but South Sydney was still like Barney rattled off all the names of the performers that South Sydney had, and it was still about half the side um, and a weakened South Sydney side as well. You'd mm. think when with South Sydney making those errors and with the players that they had out last year, you'd think Penrith would beat them by close to 20 points. I mean, they did in a preliminary final just like last year, so. I'm not not confidently saying they're the Penrith of old, but they're they're still one of the better teams in the comp for sure. Fair enough. It's hard to like Penrith. So 
sometimes. <laughs> really. I think you really see in the next two or three weeks, if they're not up and running close to their top peak in about three weeks from now, you could probably turn around and say, yeah, they're missing, that they're really missing Appy or Kikau or something else that they are missing. You'll, you'll see it become a bit more obvious in, in two or three weeks from now. But um, a, a nice time for a buy, really. They can just yeah. reassess the, those first two and uh, get those niggles out and yeah. um, rest up a couple. I, I agree. Yo was the best player in the field. He gets three. I was going to make a case for Jerome Luai for two. I thought he okay. was his best game, but him Crichton is probably up there as well. Um, he's been fantastic both games. He's he um, come back a different player from the World Cup. Uh, and, and my one was going to Liam Martin. I thought he actually, some of his runs were, were quite good. But, uh, Ollie, what do you think? And then we might. Well, I've got Yo and Crichton as my three and two as well. So okay, I'm with Barney that. there. But I, I had one for Cameron Murray. Even though he did go off, I thought he had a, a big performance. But I, I'm willing. There were other players who were pretty close that I was considering. So I'm happy to concede him. Yeah, I'd say Cook, Garner or Martin. Pick between Garner those three. Martin. What are you talking about, Liam Martin? I, it's hard to go past Martin. But oh, Cook made six out. No, Martin. All right. Yep. So GT, we're going to go Yo, Yo, Crichton, Liam Martin. All right. We got back third Friday night, which kicked off at 6 p.m. with the Knights 30 running down the Eels 26 in a, well, a ripper of a game, really, uh, unless you're a Parramatta fan. Uh, oh, other news today is they've, re they've extended Brad Arthur. Mm. I didn't talk about that, but uh, Parra fans are. Rejoicing in the streets, largely after jumping out of the second-story window. But, um, <laughs> geez, they really do not like para fans. Do not like a coach that got into a grand final last year, do they? No, but from what I've seen, it's <laughs> like nothing I've ever seen. Anyway, um, 30, thirty to twenty-six in this game. Um, para now uh, zero and two. Barney, some stats. Yeah, we had five tries apiece. Three out of five conversions for Parramatta. Five out of five for the Sharks. 28 out of 42 sets, played 30 out of 41. Six line breaks to five. 24 tackle busts, played 32 for Cronulla. 10 offloads to seven. One forced dropout by Parramatta, 0-40-20s. 327 tackles, played 332. Three ruck infringements against the Sharks, one inside the 10 against Parramatta. Four penalties conceded from both sides. 15 errors to Parramatta, 12 to Cronulla. Hopgood with 47 tackles. Braley with 46. Uh, Dylan Brown with 195 running metres and Kennedy with 183. Supercoach points, you had Hopgood with 124, Kennedy with 106 and Dylan Brown with 105. Ollie, go first. Well, first of all, with Parramatta, there are already fans who are, are screaming for the worst and I feel like it is possible they can start 0-5, which I've seen a lot of people mention but the fact of the matter is they were competitive and on top of Melbourne for a lot of the game in round one and I thought in this game against Cronulla they were quite even for a lot of the game I think it was close to if not the game of the season so far this was the game I was expecting uh, between the Sharks and the Rabbitohs last week although that was a decent game as well uh, I, yeah they were great efforts just up and down the field for both sides uh, both forward packs, I think, really set the tempo in the middle and made it a lot easier for the halves to get the ball out to the edges, got them in solid positions. Um, and uh, players did the work, like Josh Hodgson and Blake Braley. I thought both hookers were fantastic for their respective sides, uh, in defence especially, um, and Britton Okora. 
uh, a special mention to him for Cronulla as well. Um, Cronulla's back five, I go, I go on about them every week, it seems like, but they were absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think this was really the game of the Forge, just setting the, the tone, setting the tempo, getting their backs into good positions to then sort of kick on. Um, it was very evenly matched until I think sort of in the, the mid to late second half when Cronulla were able to put back-to-back -back tries on. They did hold that momentum for, uh, I think, long enough to win, even with the late Parramatta try. I thought, um, obviously, Mitch Moses is the guy uh, under the microscope right now with if he's re-signing or not with Parramatta. Even though they did lose and a lot of the fingers are being pointed towards him, well, the, the missed conversions obviously didn't help, but I thought he was good. I thought Dylan Brown was good also. Um, again, I don't think... In terms of the football that we're actually seeing Parramatta play, I don't think it's necessarily huge panic stations as of yet. What do you think? It's a strange game for mine. Um, sort of 10 and 15 minute periods of dominance from one side and then it switched around and the other side took over for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, as Ollie mentioned, the Sharks probably held that dominance in the middle of the game for that fraction longer, which ended up getting them the result. But... Um, is very backwards and forwards. Uh, the forwards seem to take turns in dominating the middle of the field. Like uh, that was really noticeable. The first ten or fifteen minutes, Parramatta were all over the Sharks' forwards in the, in this I game. I think, and uh, you're going to see you're going to see Parramatta score first in most games because their front rowers just come out breathing fire every week. Yep. And clearly, because it happened again this week, BA doesn't until he gets his back row stocks back. Madison was what two weeks. Lane probably for another month. Another three, four. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like he doesn't trust anyone else but them. Mm. So he'll try and give them a little breather and then he just figures they've got to be out there. Yeah, well, another game where um, both teams actually didn't play one of their reserves mm. for the one minute of the match, which is interesting considering that it was played at a pretty pretty up-tempo yeah. um, speed and there were some tired forwards by the end of the game. So um, interesting there. But um, that's two weeks in a row that Arthur's done that, which I'm sure there's a few fans out there that aren't real happy about. But... Um, and they're yeah. not vocal at all, Parafans, are no, they? Just, no, you don't, don't hear you know. or see them at all. It's just yeah, quiet as. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just seemed whoever was on the front foot at the time seemed to, to um, create. They Both teams were really good at creating opportunities. Um, there was a couple of bomb tries from both sides as well, um, or errors leading up to play that could have led to points. And um, yeah, But, um, yeah, the Sharks, again, the, the tra Trindle was fantastic. I think, you know, you get a fill, a fill in halfback come in and play as well as he has two uh, this, weeks in This a just row. passed through my head. If the two Sharks halves played for the Tigers on Sunday, how far do the Tigers win by? About 30, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just, more. I just had to thought. And that's Matt Moylan. Matt Moylan was fantastic. He, he was outstanding. quite good. Yeah. He, like, he just, he, he sort of knows, he knows who he is, so he gets the best out of who he is. Yeah, yeah. Works sort of that, that pivot, stutter run um, and tries yeah, to draw defenders. Through, but can break a line, still break yeah, a line. and. Yeah. Doesn't go um, past does enough far to, past when he breaks it. I, but. I think, but I think uh, that Fitzgibbon just has his. I've taken your, your um, Trindle chat away, sorry. But no, no, um, you're right. I think Fitzgibbon's is very good at going right. If you get your angle right, we'll do the rest around you. Um, <laughs> almost like he's a good coach. But get back to Trindle. <laughs> oh well, he's, his kicking game's fantastic for a backup half. Um, he's obviously didn't miss a conversion this week. I don't think he missed one the week before either. Um, so you got a you know eighty. 80% plus goal kicker in, in your backup halfback. And some of the passes he put on as well, the one he put Trindle under the post, uh, sorry, put um, Nakora yep. in beside the post and a couple of nice long balls there as well. He's um, 
I'd be very surprised if he's still at the Sharks next year, to be honest, unless they get him up, get him in and run in, in the first grade. I think grade he just team. re-signed. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, don't see. Like in the pre-season. Do not be surprised if someone does everything they can to get him out well, of his contract yeah, and get him, of time. get him to another side because um, he's definitely stamped himself as a first grade uh, halfback in the, the first two games this year. Uh, Hopgood started brilliantly and was the reason for the first two tries yeah, for Parramatta. Hop God, <laughs> super coach God. <laughs> he was fantastic. The offloads, the he's just got really good uh, leg drive and foot speed as well. Like he's quite quick for a small forward. Yeah, and he was causing all sorts of problems in the middle of the ruck there for the Sharks, especially with the 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 offloads and the second phase play, which led directly to their first two tries. Um, I, I rave about obviously, as you know, rave about Carrigan. We all love our lock forwards, but mm-hmm. I said last week he plays Origin. I'm doubling down. He um. He set up the first try. Uh, he played 70, 71 minutes, seventy about seventy minutes, let's say, um, and he pretty much almost set up the match. What would have been a match winner late in the game, yeah. uh, and put Moses away for two. Like he, he doesn't just, stop either in between, and, 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 and on the way made forty nine tackles or something. <laughs> so just like, and it's like we've seen a superstar be born uh, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, that sh- that fan play that the Sharks use with the wrap around with Kennedy and the the um, the half running wide with the lead runner on the left, it has been usually with Talakai, and then you get the wrap around and you get the extra man either hit the front man with Talakai crashing into the line or the play just sweeps out the back. I don't think anyone else does it better in the competition to no. be honest, and they did it again here for two or three tries on the right side this time with uh, Nakora as the. Nikara is the front man and um, Kennedy wrapping around the back. He does that so well and it's a big part of the Sharks' attack, obviously. Um, we'll see how some teams start to counter that because it's pretty on show now for probably the last, you know, the back end of last year and the started up again this year. Mm. So we'll see what um, teams come up with to counteract that. But um, that, that worked really well for the Sharks in this game. You mentioned um, Bubba Kennedy. Mm. We, we talk a little bit, I know, for a bloke nearly played 100 first grade games. Um this almost felt like a breakthrough game in a way. He just um, the way he's each of his tries was different. His support play, uh, his defensive decisions in some cases were. Um, he, I think he's one of the better, good one of the better I've seen defensive from him, even though he conceded, you know, conceded twenty six points, but he diffused a lot. Um, really, really felt like a, a genuine top level. He's just got weapon. that. He just seems to be balanced the majority of the time, no matter if he's sort yeah. of. Uh, being put like if he's been pushed a bit wider or if he steps off the wrong foot he just seems to be able to gather his balance so quickly and then be able to he's got that acceleration that gets him through the line yeah you saw it a couple of times especially with that try with the break down the left and then he stepped the t- uh, two players back to score underneath the post it just turned him inside out <laughs> and he was sort of stumbling as he did yeah. it as well and but did it quite easily in the end um <clears throat> I thought Sivo was probably the best of the back five for Parramatta. I thought he had quite a good game. I'd like to see him do a fraction more work, just um, carting the ball forward for such a big guy, but I thought he was the best of the back five. Both Parramatta halves were much more effective in this game than they were in the first game. Um, Paulo and Cartwright were decent in the middle of the field. Uh, I thought RCG was really strong in this game, uh, which he is. He has been for, what, 18 months, two years now. He's just turned himself into a... Well, it's, ma- it's, it's, it's madness in the middle New of the South field. Wales didn't want him. Like, yeah. you look back now. Yeah, and he's, um, he's just been fantastic. The, the, their bench offered zero, though, which I think on the flip side, the Sharks' bench was... Well, the game changed, absolutely changed. Um, we here? McGuinness. Was that Saturday? When McGuinness came on. 
yeah. just completely changed the game. Yeah, no, absolutely did. I mentioned Hopgood was brilliant. As most of the starting pack for the Sharks were decent, I thought. Uela minus probably Uela, who was a little bit down, which he seems to do. He'll have a run of two or three games where he's average or just below, and then he'll have a good one. So yeah. hopefully he's due for a good one shortly. McGuinness was really good impact off the bench, which you mentioned. Um, Molitano, just Molitano, like just the way he, sorry. Well, I think he came on as ten nil, and he just, just the way he drove and bent that middle back. Yeah. It set up. Um, well, it got the Sharks really picks back up on the, front the speed of, and the, then uh, and then the Braley's able to scoop and go, and that sets up. The more time the for play, the yeah. yeah for the for the halves to do their yeah. work. Mulatalo had some really nice touches, and yeah, I already mentioned Trindle was strong again. But the two standouts, Ollie mentioned uh, Nicara and Kennedy. Ollie, anything you want to touch on here? Uh, other than, and I can't believe I forgot to mention um, him, but you guys brought it up. Will Kennedy, I, I thought at least for me, best player on the field. Yeah. Uh, the only other one I'll just quickly mention because you, you had a little bit of a rev up for him last week, but Fanukin uh, turned around this week and produced. I think it yeah, was, he put uh, out some good numbers. I this think there's some real good numbers. Hundred and hundred and seventy six meters and the best part of or well, forty three tackles go with him. So um, much. More oh, he's a brilliant player. Last week him. he was um, yeah he was a little bit down and uh, obviously first game of the year you've got to start the year off somewhere. <laughs> the bloke's getting to the back end of his career, so yeah, yeah, he'll he'll do some really good things for the Sharks during during the year. Feeling I'd like now? to see him stop um, ball playing a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, well, <laughs> just I think leave he's it to McGinnis and well, as we've said, um, like, put him back the in the middle, just start him in the middle and go from there. Um, I wasn't even I wasn't that down on the Sharks with. Um, with their performance against South, really, it was the defensive errors that really had mm. me upset, and they cut them in half this week. So, we'll see how they go ne again next week. Um, yeah, so you're feeling good winning yeah, the board. Off absolutely. you go. You got Nico back. Oh, I, Sunday. I, I can't, I can't, realistically, the good thing it does give them they is should be like because the male was Nico was coming back this week. But when you're looking good, you don't have to rush him back. Yeah, yeah, that's so you can right. just say, mate, if you have a month off, it's sweet. We'll be right. Mm. And apparently, it's a reoccurring thing from before Christmas. Yeah, right. He did it before Christmas, and then it's happened again just before round one. So Old man injuries. They probably you know want to give him a bit more time, yeah. In what, yeah. a 24-year-old? You know all of that. Like, <laughs> I don't think I did a calf go, until I was you, about uh, 35. Yeah, that's about <laughs> I, I am, Well, I had three for Hopgood. Because yeah, I had three for Hopgood. the world. <laughs> Two for Kennedy, and yeah. then take your pick from Moyle and Nakora. Um, the other people you I had mentioned. Dylan Brown or Nakora. I'd say probably go with Nakora, but... Well, I had Kennedy Dylan three, Nakora two, and Hopgood one. So well, you're wrong. So that's that, fine. That, um, <laughs> yeah, go. Uh, yeah, Hopgood three, Kennedy two. Just quickly rattle off Hopgood stats, just so <laughs> just, just to again? make a bird of it. Just go to Hopgood. No, you didn't. You didn't actually do that. Yeah, you didn't do the, the not his individual stats. Players, but I think he had two there, tries. Here, so he, he had, had 40 um, tackles. forty-seven tackles, two tries, his forty-seven tackles, a line break assist, a line break. Uh, and did a and for, did a mountain of other work around that. Yeah. Uh, he's he just that guy who's always there for a yeah. lock is uh, so Hopgood three to has him. to get three. I I am raising him. He might be if, unless he misses games of injury or origin. Like he's going to be making a charge for Daggy. I'll tell you now. Mm, yeah, I would say so. Uh, two to Kennedy. Who do yeah. we say for one? Who do you say on? Nakora. Nakora. Yeah, go with that. All right. Uh, the main event on Friday night was 28-16. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos beat the Cowboys, Barn. They did. It was five tries to two. Three out of five conversions. Played two out of two 
for the Cowboys. Uh, a missed field goal attempt for the Broncos. One out of one penalty attempts and two out of two penalty attempts for the Cowboys. 36 out of 45 sets played 31 out of 38. 430 plus running metres for the Broncos and 115 plus post contact metres. Four line breaks to three, 42 tackle busts to 25, 13 offloads to three, two force dropouts from Brisbane, zero 40-20s. 292 tackles played 329, two ruck infringements to one, no inside the tens in this game, eight penalties conceded to nine, 10 errors apiece, and a sin bin for the Cowboys. Kate Will made 34 tackles, Robson with 48, Farnworth with 244 running metres, and Tamalolo with 202. Walsh with 105 supercoach points, Mam with 82, and Jeremiah Nanai with 72. So I sat here, maybe there, here, but that table's here, uh, at the, for those watching YouTube, uh, at round, about round 16 18. last year, yeah. 18, when I played Parramatta and said Brisbane in the comp. I'm sitting here at round 2, 2023, and saying Brisbane win the comp. There you go. I loved every bit of what I saw, as much as I loved it last year. They're better now. Because they've now got a superstar fullback who uh, makes their superstar 5'8 into a superstar 5'8. Because mm -hmm. now they've got points of attack all across the field. The only thing missing, but they've, they've, they've been good both games. Their, their hooker's um, combination's been fine. But mm -hmm. they've now got these two points of attack out the back where uh, Walsh is going to chime in and do a lot of the rainbow ball. Uh, we know he's got the big rainbow ball. He's going to do a lot of that last tackle kicking when Reynolds stepping, isn't going to be there. The stepping, breaking the line. So Ezra can do what he wants like on the other side of the field um, and take little, either small forwards with him isn't or halves with him. he a little bulldog, him. the way he digs in the I line? I love how he does it. I love it. And it, he's going to get, he, well, he scored two here, didn't he? But he'll have games where he, he just walks in and um, and rips teams apart, especially once you get in some of those lazy... Um, and he's got skill and... Yeah, but that, some of those lazy... Pace footwork. Once, wait till he plays the Tigers. Some of those lazy <laughs> um, edge forwards, just for half time, he'll just make them look stupid. Yep. Um, but then you've got uh, every one of their back lines got size and skill. Uh, Jesse Arthur's coming back in. He's going to be fine mm -hmm. going in back in there. The only one they're almost carrying right now is Katoni, and he was fine. Yep. Um, you just, and you know if he's right, he can score can four tries on his night. Yeah. Um, they've got monster forwards that just don't stop. Payne House is bigger and stronger and faster than every other prop in the game. And has an engine to match. Yep. Uh, Carrigan, as I said, is the best lock in the game. Uh, you've Jensen punches above his weight, and then they get half around the game, and Flegler comes on, who's an international forward. Um, He's starting at most uh, other clubs. So, oh, 100%, and he will be at the Dolphins next year. <laughs> uh, so, I just, I, I, and, you know, Reynolds can now, he just does, he, he controls, he calms everyone down, controls it, puts a, he will pick up and put the pumpkin back on people's heads who might need it. Um, and I love the way like he he got just Reynolds ultimately got hit them home last week against Penrith. Mm. Uh, and even here, the, when they need to calm down, he calmed down. He said, all right, just let me kick for a bit. Then he broke them open. Yeah. Um, he'll, you know, he can set them up. He can. Um, he doesn't have to do a great deal in between. I, I just think Brisbane are in – I think they're going to be better for last year. Where they, I still stand by the fact that they gassed out. And they may still again this year. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see what – we will know what happens then. But they're going to butcher a lot of teams and that might allow – Less guessing out because when you're playing from in front, it's much easier having to get in that wrestle. Yep. Um, what did you think, Barn? Yeah, well, just on um, Reynolds, I love the way he narrows the field and sort of peppers those edges and drags the defence in and in and in, and yep. then you get you just get the room for your you got outside guys to do what they do, which makes obviously 
Um, <clears throat> Walsh and Mam look at that little f- that little bit better, uh, but yeah, he's always been a class player, Adam Reynolds, and yeah, deserves it. I thought this, yeah, it was a fantastic game of football. Um, Cowboys started extremely fast, and they looked like they were going to blow the Broncos away. Yep. I thought in the first fifteen or twenty minutes. Same thing happened last week with Penrith, mm. um, yep. but they they're able to just hang on that bit, and they can get that little bit of once they get that sniff back. I think it's almost like. They can weather the storm and I know they'll still have House and Carrigan to tag team 20 minutes in. And it was all off the back of um, Jason Tomalolo early. He was dominant. He was busting tackles, putting blokes on their ass while he was carrying the football. He put a couple of nice shots on as well in defence. And, yeah, they just couldn't seem to catch the Broncos and cash in. Like, they had them stretched for large periods of that first 20 minutes and they just couldn't break it, put that last pass on or that last kick, you know, that finishing touch to, to... produce points so um yeah they're very dominant in first 20 25 minutes and then it just shifted and the broncos took over after that they um they just started to win the field position as you said with carrigan and house rolling through the middle of the field i think that may have been when about when flegler came on the field as well to add a bit of extra punch through the through that middle and And you need well we've seen how important uh uh, lenu is to para flegler's almost yeah yeah. Will become as important. Yeah, yeah. Because when you get into those, boats. well, he already has been. Um, yeah. like he was for because m- most teams don't have it. Simple as he that. was um, close to their best forward last yeah. year. Like there was games where he was outshining Carrigan and Hass, yeah. but um, yeah, not not as often. And, but and a great pick. And um, I didn't mention him. But he had Tapao and uh, you know Premiership winning mm-hmm. international pro. I don't know, actually Tapao. He's one at Manly. Not sure. A long time ago. No, meant Tigers. No, no he probably might not have. Yeah. South. Canterbury? I don't, think so, right? I don't know. Maybe not. He's an international <laughs> forward. The point is, he does it. He's, he's a very, very useful yeah. fourth pro- choice prop. And yeah, um, the Broncos managed to catch up and just even the game up right on half time, which happened a couple of times this weekend. And the momentum completely changed in the second half when they came back out. Um, the amount of re- amount of times Reefs Walsh burnt people with just pure speed <laughs> on these. That looping run and then ex- the acceleration and the speed to just they, they couldn't touch him, uh, especially um, poor old Hikau. Hiku. Mm. He had a he had a horrible night trying to defend against Reese Walsh. He's someone we've said is the cornerstone of their back line defense, defense a lot yeah. of the times. And um, he turned him inside out a couple of times, and then the bloke went to fullback, and his night got even worse. <laughs> I think he dropped two or three bombs and another uh, defensive error there. So yeah, it was, it was a poor night out for poor um, Peter Hiku, but. Um, yeah, that was off the back of Walsh's footwork and pace. Um, they looked uh, – the defence of the Cowboys just got – seemed to get slower and slower towards the back end of the game and they faded out, which they did in the first game as well this year, which you didn't see from them last year. I'm not sure if they're just not up to peak fitness yet and that's something that they're working on hopefully having a month down the track from now. But, yeah, they definitely um, – they're not – Hanging in for that eighty minutes like they were. You know what, Brisbane. You know what, every game. Brisbane have year. their number in terms of their defence because they are the specials um, for that umbrella defence, yeah, and yeah. that grubber in behind uh, turns them around all the time, and and that would have taken a lot out of them. But I think a lot of their, uh, not even a lot of their points, but a lot of their repeat sets came from that. They just turned, um, kicked in behind fault, kicked in the other side. Uh, behind and just made them turn, work, come back, work around. Mm. Uh, and it, uh, I think it was you that flagged it from last year. Uh, and it came back, I, I just, and especially because I watched it live and I went back and doing a notes and watched the mini today. Uh, and 
when you, you know when you watch those minis back to back to back, you mm. see you, it, it just becomes a pattern. You go, oh, well, there it is again. There it yeah, is. Yeah. Well, you but see, for the teams that do rush from the outside in, and then yeah, <coughs> it just it just it's I, for some reason the most I've noticed it for the Cowboys in in a year. It mm. was. For better or worse, I don't know. For <laughs> better or worse. <coughs> well, for worse, obviously they lost, but... <laughs> Most of the Cowboys forwards were, were pretty good, but they were still a fraction behind the, the Broncos forwards for the for ma- majority of the game. Um, I thought Tamalolo was fantastic and close to the best player on the field, but he sort of, towards the back end of the game, he tired like the rest of the side did also. Um, Holmes and Nanai were the best players for the Cowboys, easily, I thought. They were, they had the biggest impact on the game, well, apart from Tamalolo. Flegler but, yeah. and Capewell were pretty good, I thought, for the Broncos. Um, both halves were fantastic. Like, <laughs> you can't go past it. Still, Imagine if you had those two playing for you <laughs> on the weekend. It was just, it was just Might have only, 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 I can mention it every game, and I'm yeah. not going to, but it's, um, there's only more to wrap Moylan than... Than anything else, yeah, yeah, but yeah. absolutely, yeah, fucking oath, they would have. Kicking game's fantastic, and they, they opened up the edges at, for probably a twenty-minute period. There, they were doing it at will. Um, Walsh and Ezra Mann were just terrorising the Cowboys' defence. But um, Oliver, Har- Harrigan and ha- Carrigan and Hass, they just they keep doing it. Yeah, and when they were going to doubt, they they just tag team. Let's go over the next one. You have the next one. I'll have the next one. And then all of a sudden, there's thirty meters, forty meters, and off we go. Holly, hello. Do you want to talk about this game? Yeah, well, I'll just have to uh, remember uh, after we're done here to go to ESPN Footy Tips, my PCTC uh, tipping comp for the NRL and change my tip from the Broncos to the Dragons because you have absolutely just ruined their season. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, if if Dragons beat them this week, I'll buy five of those shirts. We'll all have one. in 2020, you made the the shout when the <laughs> the comp stopped for COVID, and they were on. Top I think of I the tipped them in the comp three in a row. Three, this is the third year in a row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never I'm just going to buy a Broncos <laughs> jersey. I'm going to buy their stupid lollipop looking one. They bought out. I mean, yeah, the city, so the city jersey. They're gone, but let, let's 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 just pretend. <laughs> you usually <laughs> wait till we get into. They won't let's win a game from round two. Can you imagine? Yeah. Let, let's just pretend that they're not gone and you didn't just curse them and <laughs> focus on this performance here. I think you guys pretty much covered it, but what stood out for me is, um, look, in terms of the errors and sort of the negative plays, both sides were probably sort of on the same level. You can't really say that the Cowboys mm. were let down or it was a, a poor Cowboys performance because there were still some really good plays. That, I mean, Jason Tamalolo ran for <laughs> over 200 metres and... Uh, you're not hearing anything about it because of how good Brisbane were as a whole and just how dominant they were. So think about this. It's a top four team from last year. They weren't horrible, but they were well and truly beaten by the better side who was Brisbane on the night. So if you want to look at it from, from that sense, then maybe they are a premiership contender. Yeah, maybe I'm the good maybe I'm the good vibes. If I if I say <laughs> Brisbane might win the comp then then it might be good. It might counteract that. Or it could make it worse. Sorry, Broncos fans. But but that was the big takeaway and the big plus for me from the game for the Broncos is that the Cowboys weren't all that horrible. And again in terms of those negative plays, the, the sides were pretty much on the same level. So you can't really say you can't really put this down to a poor Cowboys performance. You really just gotta look at the dominance of the Broncos. You mentioned Nana earlier. He's a funny one because he, he scores. He's, he got his two tries. He did it, but he never produces numbers, does he? He's not a workhorse back rower. He's a especially not in defence. Uh, and he missed. I think he missed eight tackles as well. He'll get on a roll in attack and he'll get really involved for half an hour and <coughs> yeah. cause a lot of problems. But 
Yeah, there's there's some defensive issues there that he he really he does need to He ran for 31 meters, and he made 26 tackles and mi- missed eight to ineffective. So he he missed a third of his tackles, mm-hmm. uh, and ran for 60 meters. So yeah, um, but he jumps like a <laughs> like a winger like and jumps yeah. over top of people. And then and Ken Capel never produced it. Like mm-hmm. sec- there's, there's different types and and that sort of thing, of course. Uh, but just it stood out to me just how how um, average his stats were. Uh, yeah, what do we take away here? So I made the case the other day that Brisbane uh, Cowboys they've come back um, after getting to the the final last year. They couldn't win a trial. Admittedly, one one was against Brisbane, uh, but couldn't beat the Dolphins first up, and maybe that's decent form. Mm-hmm. Limped home against the Canberra Raiders, uh, and you can make the case Canberra should have beaten them. And then they've, they've, I think, in the end, soundly been beaten here. It was pretty comfortable. Um, mm. If it was, if I was looking at it from a racehorse form, quite form view, I'd be getting the text rank. Don't worry about them for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they've now lost drink water. To prove something. And they've yeah. now lost drink water. Uh, and are you concerned about them, Oliver? Um. Concerned about Barney right now and you because you obviously have made the crow about the Broncos, but I'm reminded of Barney's pre-season um, love affair mm. with the, the Cowboys and he, his little love rant that he, he gave him. But uh, I, I, I don't want to pen him just yet. Um, but, uh, but one thing, I, I was really let down about the, the failure to close out the Canberra Raiders because like, we've said it on the show before, Canberra aren't that great a side overall and the fact that the Cowboys were able to start out that game in round one really hot and then it they just let it absolutely slip away and and again here it's they've and, infinite, and, and there's been a lot of talk of how hard their pre-season's, pre-season's been Peyton yeah. got into well, them this year yeah it, it maybe it, I don't know maybe it doesn't work two years in a row maybe he didn't change up enough and it was just sort of the players got sort of tired of it and it's starting to become too much of a, a, a stale routine even though it's it's the second year but I wouldn't when have thought winning gets stale hard. I wouldn't know but I wouldn't <laughs> have thought winning gets stale no, but, but what are you saying yes I know what you're saying yeah so I don't know it's hard I don't, I don't want to pen them just yet I think they've got I know they've got the Titans in a couple of weeks so they'll, they'll be fine there don't worry about that um yeah, it's it's a tough one because I've been really let down by the Cowboys. I thought in this game as well they would be a lot better again, pretty much on Brisbane's level in terms of negative plays. So you can't really say they were much worse there. It, it and some really good performances, but they've been outclassed by a, a side that you would think heading into the game they were probably still a little bit above, if not on the same level as. So I I, I want to put this one more down to maybe. Before this game, we were underestimating Brisbane a little bit, just how good they are. Um, Maybe they've yeah, just lost to two top four teams. Yeah, well, the, for me, the focus is um, on that Canberra game that they just snuck home and won yeah. because the, like, the the gap between the quality of those two sides, or at least the gap that should be there, it, it was an abysmal performance. Yeah, they're playing like a team at the moment that's at the bottom of the eight and probably may be missing, so... They've got to. Um, they've definitely got something to prove. They need to pick up that intensity and um, just because the way they used to, they were grinding games out last year. They were playing for eighty minutes plus, and yeah. they didn't look tired at, at well, times. They were the fittest so team in the comp. 
came across, yeah. So, yeah, that's um, definitely something that they need to pick up. I'm sure they've, they've still got plenty of bullets to fire. They've got a lot of guys that do play very attacking football and they, they've got some points in them, so they will blow a few teams off the field. And if they can do put a couple of those back-to-back, -back, I'm sure the confidence will get back up and they'll get their tail up. But <coughs> at the moment, yeah, it's not, not great times. Mm. Um, any final words? I thought they were the final words. They are the final words. Three point three Swalsh, what do you reckon? Yes, mate. Absolutely. Two points Payne House, what do you reckon? <laughs> I think I had House down for two, yes, I did. One point Ezra Mam or Patrick Carrigan, what do you reckon? I even threw Capel in because I was a Capel. I had Reynolds um, Carrigan or Tamalolo. Who'd you go? Mam. Go with Give Ezra. It to yeah. Give it to Mam. I thought he was fantastic. You're right to keep plowing on how Yes. Barnabas. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know why I ain't Swedish for a, <laughs> a bit there. Uh, Saturday kicked off with the Roosters 20 holding on against the Warriors 12, Barn. Three tries to two, two out of three conversions for the Roosters, two out of two for the Warriors, and two out of three penalty attempts for the Roosters. 39 out of 47 sets played 31 out of 40. 379 plus running metres for the Roosters, five line breaks to four. 23 tackle busts played 18 for the Warriors. Four offloads to three. Two forced dropouts to zero for the Roosters. No 40-20s, 337 tackles played 407 made by the Warriors, one ruck infringement to four, one inside the 10 to two, five penalties conceded to eight. There were eight errors by the Roosters, 10 by the Warriors. Nat Butcher made 52 tackles, Torhu Harris made 60, and I think he only missed one. So yes, he's killing three it. points, it's okay. Killing it. Um, Suwali'i, 233 running metres, and Montoya with 162. Walker had 92 supercoach points, Paulo with 91, and Egan with 88. I think both sets of fans would probably be a little bit disappointed after this game, to be honest. Um, that game was there to win for both sides at different points, and they seemed to do their best not to win it <laughs> at different periods of this game. There was um, there were some crucial errors, like not as many errors as some games, but they just happened at the worst opp uh, opportune time for the teams that when they made their errors. Um, it, got, it was a bit, pretty tough watch um, at different parts of this game, especially probably the first 20 minutes of it. Um, it seemed like every minute or two for that first 20, there was an error or a penalty, and yeah. it just the game just broke down time and time again for that first 20 minutes. Um, it was a warm day in Sydney, but it's not uh, necessarily... Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, the game did defense. clean up after that 20 minutes or so, after I said... Um, there were some really nice passages of play, a couple of really nice... Um, Outside-inside plays by the Warriors, which led the points. Um, Sean Johnson involved in one or two of those. And just some really crisp passing and really good running lines uh, that set up points. The Fenua Blake try, and there was another one there that they scored somewhere near the post with that outside-inside play. And the Roosters had some really nice link, uh, just link plays through the back line to, to produce some points as well. The um, Kiri into the line, dummying on his inside the whole way in, and that short ball to hit Suwali which everyone was talking about. Why didn't he pass it back inside? But, um, yeah, that was a really nice passage of play there for the for the um, the Roosters. They just, um, just didn't seem... No team really seemed to take total control in this game. Um, I think that probably had a bit to do with the Warriors being really good in the middle of the field and the Roosters not being able to sort of establish their dominance in, the, in that middle. And um, the, the Warriors just pressured them all through there. 
they're they're a much grittier, more organised team with this new coach. They look completely different. I know they've had a couple of players come in as well with your Barnetts and the yeah, Barnetts has been outstanding both games, and and he's obviously bought into what they're doing. Near Corey's been pretty. He missed I think missed a tackle early, a key tackle in the game, but his back end work was. But really they're good. a much much tougher side. Um, they're yeah, much and fitter. they didn't have Torhu at the start. You got Fanua Blake and Wade Egan's been absolutely sensational. Yeah, they've got it. They're a pack you. Turn up knowing you have to beat, and yeah, half, you're not going to beat them unless you at least match the forwards. The forwards. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, the Warriors had little to the outside backs for the Warriors had little to no impact at all in this match. Um, it was all done through the middle of the field with their forwards and um, Sean Johnson jumping in. Barnett and Fanua break were, were great. Near Corre, I thought, had a massive game. I thought he was really good, um, yeah. minus that error that you mentioned. Sean Jan- Johnson was fantastic. It was probably one of his better games for quite some time, to be honest. And um, Toru Harris was very close to the best player on the field. On the flip side, most of the Roosters' outside backs were good. <laughs> there wasn't really a, a poor performance from the outside backs from the Roosters. But their forwards were average and didn't really have much impact on the match um, whatsoever. Probably doesn't help when your hooker's gone after 20-odd minutes, but no. um, definitely made no, a difference. I thought Lindsay, Lindsay Collin tried hard enough, he, but he's a soul, you know, yeah, yeah, swimming yeah. upstream. Cheese <laughs> yeah. um, got bashed out of the game again. Collins and Egan Butcher were, were really good, but uh, Nat was probably their best forward. Uh, Teddy was good, a couple of little errors there, but um, could could be better, obviously. Um Paulo had a decent, uh, Bolo had a decent game, and Suwali's just a constant threat when he has the ball in hand. Like he just looks like he's going to push someone off and break the line, or you know, maybe put someone away if he decides to pass the ball. Um, I thought Sam Walker was really good in this game as well. So. Both halves were. Uh, before we go down a bit, I thought Kiri was, um, like I said, had some nice touches. I, I still think there's half the element of who's in charge, but I think it's, mm. it's gradually acceding to Walker being in charge. Mm. Um, he just plays a little, to, little one-dimensional for me. He's a little bit more, he, he thinks about himself first. Yeah, yeah. What he can create for himself rather than his outside. Yep. Holly? I think the Heat did play a factor in this game, especially in the first half for the Roosters. For the first 20 minutes, though, I did think they were well and truly on top, even with, as Barney mentioned, sort of the errors and the negative plays that were occurring uh, but when the Warriors had the ball in hand they just they did very little and I think they had their only chance really within the first 20 minutes was off the back of a penalty that they got as well so I, and the Roosters had the ball in the Warriors half for majority of the first 20 minutes of the game and obviously they were able to get on top of them there um, but I'm, I'm going to start calling this the 20 minute curse because how many times have we said um <laughs> after 20 minutes is when their forwards start getting gassed or when a team sort of drops off and they lose that momentum. Now, usually it's the the underdog in a game, right? That's up for it for the first 20 minutes and they're matching um, the favourite, but they usually drop off. Well, it was sort of the opposite here. I feel like the Roosters dropped off after 20 minutes. And again, the Heat certainly wouldn't have helped. Brandon Smith going off didn't help as well either. And the Warriors were able to get their chances there. Um, I thought Josh Curran, especially in the first half, um, some of his defensive efforts to maybe stop the score from being a- even bigger than what it was going into halftime, I feel like he was crucial as well. And you, you mentioned the rest of their forward pack as well. Um, 
And towards the end of the game, though, it was there for the Warriors to win and come back. Miraculously, they obviously had the players off with HIA. And again, th- they were probably feeling gassed due to the heat. They're big forwards as well. Um, but they hung in there. I've got to give them credit for that. But I mean, I've, I've taken note of some of the mistakes. It was that they had the ball on the Roosters line, the 70th minute, and there was no dummy half. So the Roosters were able to jump on the ball. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that was a big one. Dylan Walker just knocking the ball on flat. I think they had six. I think it was a set restart and they were about 20 out from the line. I mean, these were chances like that. They weren't only mistakes, but they were unforced errors with the game on the line. You're 10 minutes, uh, 10 meters from your opposition's trial line. And just to do that. And again, you could put it down to fatigue or whatever, but you just cannot be making those mistakes. If they didn't make those mistakes, they might've won the game. But again, that's what really let them down in the end. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think it was a poor effort from the Roosters as well, really, other than the first 20 minutes, um, allowing the Warriors to sort of come back. Because even ha- after half time, there was maybe a little period there, I think, where the Roosters probably had that momentum back, and that's when they scored. But the fact that they were able to let the Warriors hang in there as well with the players that they had off again, I feel like the heat really did have an impact on this game because everyone was just gassed. I mean, by about the, the 70th minute, um, all players were pretty much just out of it and it, it came down to who could just withstand the rest of the game and it was the Roosters because the Warriors made those silly mistakes. Yeah. Look at you. Well said, Ollie. Good stuff. Good job, Ollie. So is it panic stations yet for the Roosters? Well, we've all tipped them to win the comp. Um, are we getting nervous? Not anymore after yeah, Brisbane. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 Well, they do have a bit of forward stocks to come back, but I've said it to a few people and I've had a couple of arguments, but to me, they're thin on, on replacement forwards. And I know you can name the guys that they've got there, but you're not getting more than 20 or 30 minutes out of them. even if Because if you have to push them and stretch them past 20 or 30 minutes, they, they basically may as well not be on the field because yeah. they're, they're, not putting, they're not putting up the numbers that they need to after that 15, 20-minute period of being on the field. So, Isn't it funny how really one Felice Kafusi tackle mm. could, have changed, could have changed this season? <laughs> the deck this season. <laughs> the butterfly effect. Butterf- yeah. You got um, Hudson on the weekend too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he did. He's playing well, Felice. Um, I'm giving three to Torhu because, like I said, fuck the world. Um, <laughs> he was the best player in the field, uh, and he's so great. Uh, he can do the rest. I've of gone it. the same way, mate. To be honest, I had um, Torhu Harris with three. I had, I actually gave Sam Walker the two, and I had either Fanua Blake or Suwali for yeah, the one. Yeah, sort of same. What do you think, Alan? Uh, I, I, I think you got to go Suwali. I, th- I had I'm him with two. With I had Walker with three, so yeah. I, I'm happy with that. And Torhu gets the three. He's getting three. Quite you. I'm yeah. happy with yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Just as long as no nothing's lost in translation. Uh, All right, twenty to fourteen. Dolphins uh, in the next game on Super Saturday defeated the Raiders at Redcliffe in in front of about ten thousand two hundred ten thousand and twenty three people, I'd guess. Um, the rain turned up and uh, it was a bit of a slop of a game, David. Yeah, it got a bit about that way at the end. Um, Three tries to two, three out of three conversions for the Dolphins, one out of two for the Raiders. Uh, One out of one penalty attempts for the Dolphins and two out of two for Canberra. 34 out of 45 sets played 34 out of 41. 
A line break for the Dolphins, three for the Raiders. 13 tackle busts played 26. Five offloads to 10. Two force dropouts to one. No 40-20s. 366 tackles played 357. One ruck infringement from both teams. Three inside the 10 against the Dolphins. Zero, uh, sorry, six penalties conceded to eight. Ten errors apiece. Two sin bins to one. Jeremy Marshall King with 41 tackles. Hawira Naira with 39. Nichols with 185 running metres. And Chris with 191. Gilbert with 80 supercoach points. Hamiso with 79. And Tarpane with 64. Um, just quickly, I, I really like Reedcliffe Stadium. I think it, it looks great on TV. Look I good. think it looks a lot of fun. I'd like to go there just because it has a bar. Um, I don't <laughs> trust you. But um, at the end of the day, you've got to say, the NRL have done a great job in finding the right team to bring in because an existing play, uh, an existing fan base, it translates straight away. feels like they've, you know, now, I'm not going to say part of the furniture, but it, it, it w when you have a culture, it, it shines through, and they've done a, yeah, they've done a great job. As has the people involved, and as we said in our preview, Bennett did the right, did a lot of things right in player recruitment. Ollie, what are you thinking as our Queensland correspondent from Cranebrook? We <laughs> <laughs> weren't supposed to reveal that I'm currently in Redcliffe next oh, to the sorry. stadium, but oh. that was a surprise for later. No. Um, it it was a game that was very reflective of the weather. Again, I think just the, the wet conditions, the Dolphins really hang, hung in there and sort of a, a bit of a gritty game. At least the, Dol the, the Dolphins' for defence was amazing, I thought. It, in a weird way, because they've not really gotten those huge marquee signings, it's it's like we, we knew how good at least their starting forward pack was, but we might have even underestimated it. A little bit. Uh, Marshall King. But realistically, Felice Cafu, we're two rounds in, so no more dumb things <laughs> to say. But Felice Cafusi might be by the year. Yeah, but he's you definitely. I mean, like, why, why not? A, someone to sign for a new club and sort of set the president, precedent of hard work. And well, If you're Mason Teague, who are you team. wanting to train next to every day? Exactly. And I feel like with the younger Fords as well, especially, it, it shows like your Gilberts of the world. Um, and the hammer is just absolutely electric. He is showing that he uh, that he's a loss for the Cowboys, one hundred percent in that fullback role and defensively as well. Uh, he got in on the action there, and I don't think he yeah he didn't miss a tackle and he made ten, which th that's a solid effort for a fullback. Um, again, especially in those wet conditions, the Dolphins managed to hold on. Canberra, I don't think they were overly amazing. They weren't horrible. Uh, despite the conditions, their back five still managed to get plenty of time and space, as Barney would say, and rack up the metres there. And I think that was a big positive point. Uh, Joseph Tarpany was good, as Joseph Tarpany is. It was a great performance from him. I thought he was close to Canberra's best player on the field. Um, but at the end, of, at the end of the day, I, I don't want to make shouts of the Dolphins are going to go on a run this year or anything just yet because realistically uh, there was that big win against the Roosters but a close game here against a Canberra side that I, I don't think were amazing. So I'm, I'm still sceptical about the Dolphins as a whole but there are some individuals that are really standing out, I think, and if they continue to do so throughout the season, um, it, could, it can only go in their favour. Yeah, well, the Raiders had this game in their control for half an hour. They were dominating uh, 
possession, field position, and they, they don't have a killer blow in them. Between the, the 17 players that they've got, there's nobody that really sets... Where did Jack White score his try? It was Played a wraparound from, to the, from, from, from to the hooker edge. out yeah. to an edge. Yeah, and mm. scored in the centres. Almost like um, you should just score <laughs> to try that. <laughs> yeah, they're, while they've got... Um, their halves get them into position. They just don't have a killer blow out of anyone. Chris probably seems the most likely, and he's only just sort of getting used to the role of playing fullback at the moment. He's got so much to think about. It sort of takes away from his attacking game a little bit, but um, he's starting. He seems like he will probably end up being a fullback somewhere. Um, he, he does have the attributes for it, but. I think they're a better side with him at centre and once they get Savage back, um, they, they may have an extra point of attack there. But at the moment, there's not many because um, the, the Dolphins didn't really look troubled in defence at all apart from, as you said, the deception play with the wraparound down a short side and um, I think the other one was just a crash over. So um, yeah, their limited points of attack is really causing issues. The... Um, they should have scored more points early. Uh, the Jeremy Marshall King hip drop. <laughs> Interesting, not your classic hip drop, but he definitely got in the wrong position mm. and it sees him out for two weeks. Um, yeah. That was a, another point where the, um, you know the, made the Dolphins scramble for that 10-minute period when he was off the field, but they did manage to score points while he was off the field. So I think that was a big turning point in this game, to be honest, when the Dolphins went in just before halftime. Again, another game Again, that it's just happened, swung it the happened momentum. Every game last year, I think it's happened every game this year, 12-player teams have scored points. <laughs> and, yeah, that happened that in Tigers game. It was a really here. big one um, that swung the momentum into the second half, and then the Dolphins just seemed in complete control for the second half of this game. The, the Raiders were on the back foot for, for 40 minutes, and... Yeah, they struggled. Um, the Gilbert try, there was a couple of contentious <laughs> decisions in this one. Um, <laughs> I really thought, no, that's not a try. You can't no. put two hands on a bloke and push him out of the way oh, to, to fall nah, on the ball. I don't think he did. I actually <laughs> didn't mind that. <laughs> yes, he fucking did. He was get, he, it's different trying to get around a bloke. What's he supposed to do? Try and get around he a bloke like He was on the inside like, of the guy. Oh, no, the guy was fine. on his outside. I've more the ball issue was with on the O'Sullivan sin bin than that. <laughs> yeah, the O'Sullivan sin bin was a joke. But that was a square up for the Raiders one, which <laughs> probably yeah. shouldn't have been a, a sin bin either. So I think it was your mate, the redhead fella, again, who lost yeah, his mind. Um, and he's, he's had two bad, pretty poor games to start the year, to be honest, with the Sharks game in the I first, no first week as well. To but attach my wagon. You've just got to stop uh, attaching yourself to people. Uh, I'm anyway. Like, I'm like a ringworm. <laughs> <laughs> Parasite. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, <laughs> the Dolphins had the majority for the, the whole second half. Canberra did fight hard again. Um, they, they were always up for a fight and they'll scrap and scrap and th they'll win a couple of games by doing that. But, yeah, until they find a, a serious po point of attack where they can break teams open, they... They need to find a different style of play to be able to break open some defences because it's just not working for them at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much more to add here. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about the halves? They're, they're good. O'Sullivan, O'Sullivan was collected and uh, outstanding. To be he's honest, really like he's, he's not setting the world on fire, but he is just another one like Trindle we mentioned earlier. But once he got real he wet, he, just right. just, he goes, you he know just, what? I'm yeah. just going to repeat set. He makes the and right decision. Yeah. He's got a decent running game, a good kicking game, and he's getting them into the positions that they need to be in. I thought he was fantastic again. Um, 
without being, you know, the greatest player on the field, he was up there. And same as last week, he, he did everything they needed him to do. Uh, young Katoa, again, is a little bit hit and miss, but you expect that out of a young kid. But he, he iced the game at the back end mm-hmm. with a couple of minutes to go with a lovely little short pass to just um, finish off a, a play to score points and um, get him in front. So, Ollie, if Katoa and Sullivan, O'Sullivan are the Tigers halves last weekend, how much did they win? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what, it, the Newcastle game? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> They'll take two. Uh, they, two? They yeah. definitely <laughs> win by a fair bit. They would win by <laughs> at least a dozen anyway. The professor was great again. He's going to end up a cult. He's going to be another a cult figure at another club because he was at South, and he'll. I dare say he's going to get another cult following up there with the with the Finns. Um, He's got a cult following from all NRL fans at this point. To be honest, (laughs) who doesn't love? Just bashes away. Just just keeps doing his job. He's got an offload in him. It's it's not just a you know. He's not your typical front rower. he is your typical front rower, but he's got that little bit. He's got one or two extra facets to, mm. to his game. Um, Gilbert and Fidel were awesome. They were the game changers, and yeah, they were, they were the two, the two best dolphins on the field for mine. Who am I to argue? Uh, let's oh, just quickly though, like Dolphins two from two. They're about to hit a few. They've got to now travel away the first time this week, but they get Newcastle, yeah, which they do <laughs> suits them. <laughs> Three and no, no one tipped that. So that's um, yeah, we, we we were all bullish that they wouldn't suck, mm. but geez, they've overperformed, um, which is fantastic. Yeah, big game round four against the Broncos. Uh, cool. Three points. Which way are you going? Three points to Hammer. I had Hammer with three points. I gave um, Tarpanay two, just because of the work in the defeated team. I thought he was by far their best, and then I had Gilbert for the one. But anything to add, Ollie? I think that's pretty fair. Cool, let's go with that. Uh, and then we wrapped up Saturday night with the Bulldogs making their statement. Uh, 26-12 over the Storm, who probably were flattered, to be honest, with a couple of late tries here because uh, it was a rampage for the best part of an hour. What did the stats say, Barn? Wasn't it? They just kicked the front door in. <laughs> we had two tries to the Storm, five to the Dogs. Two out of two conversions, played three out of five for the for Canterbury, 34 out of 41 sets, played 34 out of 42. Six line breaks to seven. 36 tackle busts for the Storm, 49 for the Bulldogs, which you don't see very often in a, against the Storm team. Uh, 16 offloads to 14. Two forced dropouts for the Storm, one for the Dogs. 332 tackles, played 348. One ruck infringement against four. One inside the 10 against the Bulldogs. Eight penalties conceded to six. Eight errors to 12, a sin bin from both sides. Grant made 47 tackles. Mahoney made 44. Katoa with 160 running metres and Karaz with 235. Supercoach points, Karaz with 145. Jerome Hughes with 91. And Katoa and Avarillo both scored 90. Yeah, for all the talk of um, all the attacking flair we're going to see from, from the... Um from a shit team at Leichhardt uh, in the preseason, <laughs> these guys showed um, how crisp attacking play is supposed to be. And it was on the back of a star hooker. Who knew? Exciting that, um, and fast, man. But, um, fast, fast, up speed, great delete, great service um, from Reed, And that just flowed on through everything else. Um, big outside backs, fast outside backs, uh, rolling forwards. It was just stuff you want to see, Barn. Jacob Preston running amok in the middle yeah. of the field. Got his first NRL start and well and truly deserved it after this one. He was fantastic. 
Um, <clears throat> dominant display by the dogs, um, very up-tempo. They were super aggressive as well. They, mm. they were going for the throat from the beginning of the game. Um, they had a definite plan to play quick and direct early, um, get, like, get in behind the ruck and then spread to the, the edges really fast. And they got the ball out there with <laughs> some, some supreme skill and it got out there quickly. Long passes from the dummy half to the to the half and then straight out to the centres and the wingers and they cashed in. Karaz and, um, right. and uh, Adokar were having a real good time there early in this game. They were um, getting some real nice clean ball and they do have some talented outside backs with some pace. So, yeah, if, if you could... This will be the, their game plan, I would imagine, for the majority of the year. And if it comes off, they're going to trouble a lot of teams. They're going to score some points. Um, they, they did. Storm didn't have any answers, and you don't see it. Like, how often do you see the Storm just going, how the hell do we stop this? And just play after play, set after set. The Dogs were just terrorising the, the Storm team. Um, they did lift their intensity about 10 minutes into the second half and sort of grafted their way back into the game a little bit with uh, Harry Grant and Jerome Hughes sort of controlling that right-hand edge and through the middle of the ruck, and they did sort of take over for maybe 15 minutes of the game. But that started with um, Nelson, I thought. He was tremendous, especially in his second stint when he came back out before he got injured. It was, it was only about a 10-minute stint, but he was tearing up the middle of the field, um, crashed over for a try. It was, um, yeah, fantastic. Welsh played a really good game again, and they're going to need to rely on him now uh, with Nelson out for extended yeah. period. Um, Katoa had a very good game, uh, probably his best game in a couple of years, even when he was at the Warriors. Harry was fantastic. Hughes was probably their most important player, just being able to set up the way that they were structured and what they were doing. The back five were brilliant for the Bulldogs. Um, <coughs> the halves were okay, uh, did a job. Fatala, Mariner and Sutton, that's the sort of the glue they were missing last year, I think, the guys, that, those workers. And I think that's something that um, we mentioned earlier with the Roosters and the Raiders are both sort of probably missing those workers that just can, yeah. you know, when you do go to your bench, they just work and do, do all that hard stuff in the middle of the field. Uh, Max King has just stamped himself as a first-grade Mm. A front rower. He's just he's doing fantastic things there for the Bulldogs. Preston was awesome, and Keraz had his breakout game. That's the best game he's ever played, and will probably be one of the best games he will ever play. But he's got a very good fend. He's fast. He's strong enough. He's going to cause some problems for defenders in years to come. Absolutely, Ollie. You can go now because Mr. Pat Barney. If there's two bourbons on that table, if you want to go grab them. Yeah, right. But um, let me know if you want to. I'll meet you. <laughs> Until then, Ollie, what do you think? Well, the dogs pretty much went from playing Barrett ball to uh, Potter ball in the space of a week because they looked completely different in attack and a lot of their praise is obviously going towards their attack and how good they were. But I want to highlight that their defense as well, that they had six players make at least 30 tackles during the game. Reed Marnie obviously making 44 tackles. And we, we've spoken about him, how good he was in attack and in defense. The back five as well for the Bulldogs, exhilarating with the ball. Uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona, I mean, I've spoken about how the Melbourne Storm spine, how important their spine is to them. And if they get any injuries, and they did with Cameron Munster, although he's back in a couple of weeks, how much that's going to hurt them. But to be missing Nelson for, what, uh, around eight to ten weeks, uh, that's huge with how weak their forward pack 
has gotten and he's a real leader in that side in the pack and I think that they're really going they're really going to struggle and once he was off the field that they, they were just quite pedestrian I'd have to say Melbourne um that they don't really offer a lot other than Christian Welch but I But didn't think, we flag yeah. this Ollie we, we suggested oh, this was yeah. on the cards and now it's come to fruition like and now that they're digging into your, your Gary Anderson's the world and it's like um, he didn't even play, but um, oh, he did. Yeah, he, he did, did play seventy. Sorry, he went off. I'm um, just looking at the stats. Um, isn't this what we get? Like this is now a reserve grade team propped up by two international players. Yeah, I, I think so. Three uh, with Walsh. Christian Welch is going to have to put in a, five with a, King and pretty Guitar. special effort <laughs> over the next few weeks. Then again, with that being said, Melbourne's next game is up against a certain coastal team. That is golden, so I feel like they might be right next week at least. But um, can't you smell it? Early? Can't you smell it? Ambush. Mm. Smell mm. what the yeah the the uh the depleted Barney, underdog Melbourne Storm team <laughs> beating the the Gold Coast Titans. Um, but but the thing is as well, I wanted to point out uh the Dogs' defense really good. Kyle Flanagan actually had a really good defensive game mm. as well. He wasn't yeah. in those six players that made 30 tackles, but a couple of nice touches uh, for him, as well. the standout defensive performance. Um, but with Melbourne, I'm pretty sure every player in their forward pack missed at least two tackles. It it seemed like every I think every player in the side as well at least missed a tackle, which is usually you have a couple who that have a, a solid. 100% defensive game, especially at the Melbourne Storm. But th- this just goes to show the changes, especially in that four pack. Some of the missed tackles were very, very poor. So mm, it's <laughs> dogs, I think, nearly a complete performance because, again, on attack, they were great. And that's what everyone's talking about. But defensively, they were amazing as well, especially, obviously, in that first half. Matt Burton, David. Things that make you go, mm. Matt Burton. <laughs> Much better in this one. Still um, not um no, nah, he's not a full fledged halfback. Um, or five eight. Or five eight. No, it's good. Couple of question marks just around his ball playing. To be honest, he's kicking games okay. He's he's good enough as a defensive half, but um, yeah, he's uh, he, he's got a decent short ball, but he sort of gets mixed up in between anything after that. Um, whether he needs to go longer or that the the cutout pass or hitting the lead man, he just yeah, doesn't seem to make the right decisions often enough as a, as a half. He was fantastic. Like this game, they got on a roll and he didn't have to do overly do too much. But I can see him under pressure coming unravelled a few times. Um, I'd really like to see. I'd like to see Flanagan come out and be brilliant, but I really don't think it's going to happen. So. Whether they go and find somebody else to be his partner oh, uh, next year or not, but I'm not I'm not in the drag the um, Bulldogs inner sanctum nor <laughs> on any of their uh, forums, whatever they call them these days. But mm. it, from what I understand from the outside looking in, the the drums are beating for Ola Ola How Ola How to be there sooner rather than later. But they've just won by forty, so well, one they felt like forty, mm. one by twelve, uh, and that everyone will be happy and move on. Um. Yeah, Jacob Carraz, star, star. Um, we is it amazing this time last year where they're watching a bloke on a train and trial contract that couldn't get a gig, saying why isn't this bloke in first grade? And now he is looks every bit a freak. Like yeah, he, absolutely. Big, strong tackle breaker. Fantastic fend. Yeah. He's, um. He's as I said, he's going to cause a whole heap of problems down the road for defenders, but. 
it's got every attribute you need and just constant games is going to I think you'll see him be a fantastic winger for a very long time so where's Jacob Preston's heading <coughs> Ollie oh your back barn yeah, yeah, well, there's, there's already comparisons. Gus with um, Josh Jackson, and he very much fits that mould, to be honest. Um, Hangman Jacob Preston. Con- constant, um, no, just constant work, mm. pressure and defence. He's the first guy out there to chase the kicker. He's, you know, he's just always in the right position, and he's certainly his second game, so we'll see how we go. We've seen, yeah, well, it's exciting. We've, we've seen some stars be born. Um, great, great for the dogs. Great, to, I'm looking forward to watching them play because it's amazing that for uh, the best part of five years they've been the most boring team under the sun. And now we get to watch, as I still one of these bourbons, now we get to watch um, an attacking flair uh, and we'll see what Serrata can bring because from if we're what led to believe what we're led to believe, he will get the best out of Burton and he may well get the best out of Flanagan. So, um Exciting times. You're a Doggies fan. Who wants to take 3-2-1 here? Oh, Kraz has to get three, I would imagine. And yep. Preston is, is a knockout blow for two. And I had Reed for one, so. Yeah, Reed. Um, I also had Max King or Jerome Hughes, but. I'm happy to go with that. Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> give, it, <laughs> give it to Reed. Give it to Reed. He did so set three up to, a lot of work three to Kraz, two to Preston, one to Reed. Here we are, and I'm disappointed that I've had <laughs> to, well, I've not had the Geek of the Week song added to this roadcast yet. I did try, but who knows what's going on there. 14 to 12, the Knights beat the Tigers at Leichhardt. To quote Andrew Moore, Tigers could play till Thursday and not score another point. What did the stats say, Barn? Looked like that for long parts of this game. Two tries to three, uh, two out of two conversions for the Tigers, one out of three for the Knights. A missed two-point field goal for the Tigers. 31 out of 49 sets played 30 out of 39. 200-plus running metres for the Tigers. Three line breaks for both teams. 30 tackle busts for the Tigers, 33 for Newcastle. 14 offloads to three. Two force dropouts to one. A 40-20 for the Tigers. 367 tackles played 326. One ruck infringement to two. Two inside the 10 to one. Four penalties conceded by the Tigers, 10 by Newcastle. 18 errors to the Tigers, 11 to Newcastle. Uh, one send-off, one sin bin for Newcastle. Twile with 46 tackles, Crossland with 42, Laurie with 191 running metres and Dom Young with 177. <laughs> Worst <laughs> game of rugby league <laughs> I've seen oh, in yeah, a long talk. time. Everyone's going to look at me to talk about yeah. this for shit. But Apart from the last time this I said that. Game. No, it isn't the worst game. It is just the worst performance by a team, a single team in a long time. Oh, Newcastle were up there as well. Okay, you're right. Probably the first game. <laughs> and the last yeah, time I said this, isn't it funny that it was, a, it was Tigers and Newcastle? It was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was these two same teams <laughs> that were involved last year, and it was a fucking shit show. <laughs> hey, don't forget the the Titans Tigers game on the Gold Coast. <laughs> that was, that's up there too. Oh, mate. An armless eunuch has a better chance of beating himself than the Tigers have of beating <laughs> anyone this year. Like, seriously. I don't know how you can explain uh, Oliver, it. Can you please, <laughs> can you please <laughs> make that into a quote tomorrow for me? Thank you. That's, mate, the confusion hey, in this what Tigers... What? <laughs> the confusion in this Tigers attack reminded me of a dementia ward. Yeah. Like, there was just... 
they had no idea what was going on. They had no idea where they were or what they were meant to do. It was fucking atrocious. There was no point of attack whatsoever. They're just absolute confusion in this one. I hope they do something, the Tigers. Um, they've brought players there. There was some hope, and I really hope that they, they go on a run and win a couple of games just for, for the long-suffering blokes that have been putting up with this shit for 10 years. But it just keeps for you having to sit next to me for the next 10 years. Same road time and time again. And yeah. The Knights fought hard. They should have been blown off the field. They had two HIAs. They had a sin bin. They had a send-off. They were fucked. And how you don't just tear the middle yeah, of the... And left the field early. It was, yeah. How you don't just t- turn around and turn, tear the middle of the field apart with a team that's decimated like that and just put on bulk points, I have no idea. They seem to just want to go sideways and sideways and sideways and it made it so much easier to defend for the, for the Newcastle side. Um, yeah, they fought hard, but with two of their spine off from pretty much the beginning of the game, like Tigers had every chance and should have won handily. Um, but they were beaten in pretty much every position on the field, which fucking doesn't help. Um, there's not many worth mentioning. Twile, Papali, Appy were decent. Stefano was pretty good. He has been for the two games this year. But um, Brooks had a couple of nice touches, and the only threat looked like Dewey doing something on his own and running through, running almost over someone. Almost like a center. Stepping through someone, yeah, almost like a center. Um Daniel Saifidi I thought was quite good, as so was Leo Thompson, who's starting to really sort of build his career. Um, he's, he's a good one, I think. Fitzgibbon was decent. Frizzell was good, as you said, but he went off early. And Gay Guy and Dominic Young were probably the two best players on the field. Ali. Well, I have a question for you. No, yes. First up, you've been asking if um, the Tigers had certain teams, halves, if they would have won the game. Now, I'm not saying this player was amazing by any stretch but um do you reckon if the tigers had newcastle's halfback they might have won this game (laughs) (laughs) well played sir well played only one goes through the keeper (laughs) you know what actually no you know what i saw newcastle's halfback play for the tigers and it was no good either so (laughs) so fuck him uh he probably would have made another tackle or two um fuck me This this was this oh. was I, I've never been more disgusted. Like I have. I've been plenty disgusted lots of times. This was atrocious. Like when things happen in footy games, you go, Oh, he's off, oh we'll win now. He's go off, oh we'll win now. Because all you have to do Send all you have to do is you fucking go, he'll have the hit up, he have the hit up, he have the hit up, they'll be tied soon, have one more hit up, one of us will score just there next to the post. At no point do they think, let's try that. Maybe for three sets in a row. Because they went left to right and right to left, and oh, do your right sort step, and he'll do this, that, and the other. Uh, he'll fall over and pretend he's cramped. He'll um, <laughs> then when you do when Appy does make a twenty meter break, there's not a fucking player within cooey of him. Um, there was f- fans on the near the scoreboard closer than the Tigers fans giving him support. Um, God, it was disgusting. It was absolutely atrocious. Uh, all I'm going to say, like, I was. I wasn't even angry. I was, I was too shattered to be angry. <laughs> like, what, what do you say about them? Like, they're now, t- they're, they're now the new Warriors. You c- you c- just can't tip the Tigers. And if they beat, if they win a game, you just go, okay, well, cop it on the chin. I got Move fucked. On. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the only upsides I'll suggest are um, Alex Twal 
is just uh, and I, I nearly cried when he oh, didn't score that try. Heartbreak. <laughs> we um, were up and about. Oh, we were going off. I was home, <laughs> and um, I nearly I, I cried tears of joy, and then they turned to tears of angst. But that sounds like after fifteen years, that's just what happens. Um, eighteen years, in fact. Uh, Laurie's out this week. Like they they need to make changes. They've they've got money to spend, but then. I, I don't know. The, you, all you hear pre-season is they're going to work on this structure and that structure and attacking plays. They had zero. There was zero attacking plays. Where's the attacking team when, after two weeks? You, you, you can sit and watch teams and go, okay, well, they fucked that up. You see where they're headed. Can anyone, can either of you two, or you can go first, tell me what the Tigers' attacking structure is? Uh, there isn't a structure. I mean, but but like in that trial game uh, against Canberra, it looked like they're, there was a structure and they were sort of getting on top of it, like going through the middle and then getting the ball out to the edges and the edge players looked great. However, they decided to not have a structure when it comes to playing for points, which is um, good for them, I suppose. Ma- but, maybe yeah. maybe these blokes that have been there three, four, five years just default just to being poisoned. geeks. <laughs> like, maybe they just don't know how to attack. They go, oh, we're on the footy field now. What do we do now? That's it. Chicken with their head cut off, mate. They, yeah. Like, they concentrate, the ADHD kid, they concentrate for a couple of minutes and put yeah. a couple of guys through the middle of the field and go, oh, we're working to a point in the field. And then they run around in circles and yeah. go and sit in the corner oh, and <laughs> dig in the sand and I, I don't know. I, just... There's bigger issues at this club and unfortunately I own 23 of their jerseys, but um, <laughs> I, I, I think it needs, the clean it needs to come from like the absolute top down. What do you now. think of that Dolphins jersey? I've, I thought <laughs> I was hanging out at Washington Day, and I thought, you know what? I don't mind. I, I don't mind a Coke Zero, and I'm happy to wear one. I think because God, my fins started just pointing up for a little bit there. Because <laughs> fuck, that was awful. That was so bad. Like I can't, and I can't even sit here and rap Newcastle players. No. I can't. Like they tried hard. They no. went around and existed no. in a world where the other team were much worse than them. Um, it it. I don't even know. Like, like I said, all you treat them, everyone treat them as they can't possibly win another game this year until they do. And the worst thing is they'll probably come out and beat fucking <laughs> South or someone in three weeks. Uh, and we'll go, oh, here we go. The penny's dropped. And then they'll get towed <laughs> by the buy the week after. So I don't know. How do, how do we even, I, I, how do we even analyze this game? I don't know. There's nothing left have to be analyzed. You, have, you still, have you still got them finishing eighth? Anyway, um, eighteenth. <laughs> no, they are. They they can achieve. They can be the first team to ever finish lower than the wooden spoon. Mm. They can still achieve something. And right now, <laughs> they're fucking a dollar eighty. Maybe to that's do it. their goal. Uh, that is. I can't wait. That that game against Souths will come, and they'll win because it's always Souths, and the next week you're always trying to fly on them. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be bursting. And I'll tip them to beat Brisbane. And, they'll um, be bursting the Titans they'll somehow again they... for the second time. Yeah, I know. I know I know how it works. I've done it for 18 years. Old. I've done it for the pub's uh, 28 Atlanta, years. So but I, it's been 18 years since I've had any joy. I've done, oh, 11, yeah, 2011, 2010, no, not too bad. So it's been 12 years since. Oh, like, I know how this works, Oliver. I know <laughs> what's going to happen. And everyone's happy about it but me and other Tigers fans. Trying to convince himself it's not going to happen. Anyway, fucking give some points to some oh, shit fucks. 
The two difference makers yeah, yeah, in this uh, game, I thought, were Yeah, we're actually going to wrap because I bag him all the time. Lachlan Fitzgibbon has mm. had two good weeks in a row. Yes. Uh, he hits nice holes. He's done it well both times this game, um, and, uh, both times this year, and he was pretty good here. So I'll wrap him. There you go. There's someone. Um, you want to say gay guy? Okay. I had Young as three, uh, just with the oh, two yeah, tries. Two tries. I him. think there was a try assist in there as well. So there's, a, there's their three tries. And um, Gay Guy's defence on that right-hand edge, um, the only, like uh, Brooks did threaten a couple of times and it was Gay Guy that shut it down. So I think they were probably the two biggest. I'm just going to say, can we give Alex 12-1? in a oh, I had Frizzell or 12, but yeah, we'll give it to 12. Give it to 12. <laughs> just give, him some, give the poor boy. Like, he's never going to score a try. He's going to play 20 years for the Tigers. Like, how well is your life going, Alex? Young gay guy, 12. All right. And let's wrap this shit show up with 32-18, the Dragons defeating the Titans. Barnabas. Well done, the Dragons. Five tries well done, to three. Three out of five conversions played three out of three and three out of three penalty attempts for the Dragons. 34 out of 41 sets played 26 out of 33. 370-plus running metres and 136-plus post-contact metres for the Dragons. Nine line breaks to five. 39 tackle busts to 38, 12 offloads to 7, 3 forced dropouts by the Dragons, 1 by the Titans, <coughs> 0 40 20s, 1 ruck infringement to 2, 1 inside the 10 against both teams, 274 tackles played 328, 7 penalties conceded to 8, and 8 errors to 13. Laurie made, Blake, Blake Laurie made 37 tackles, <laughs> the other Laurie's not making 37 tackles. Uh, Tino with 41, Ravalawa with 214, and Liu with 155 running metres. The Titans, oh, sorry, where's my super coach points? I didn't put them in. I'll grab them. Right, Go look, ahead. Look at that. Oliver, talking. I said I would reassess my life if the Dragons won this. Uh, it's still a work <laughs> in progress, hoping to have the results back in six to eight weeks. Uh, what are you, <laughs> how is your life looking right now, and what do you make of this? Oh, I can take solace in the fact that the Tigers exist for one. But speaking of... <laughs> but that's the problem. No. <laughs> no, no, no. We've, we've, um, we've rattled off all of the, the halves that could have played for the Tigers on the weekend. and they would. Oh, yeah. And how much would the, these halves have won by? If the, if the Titans halfback had played for the Tigers, they probably would have lost by more because... Get out of here, <laughs> geek. What if AJ had played oh. for the Tigers? No, I don't want to think of that. But if... Like I do. Serious. I don't like going in on a single player too much, but I mean, Tana Boyd, that, that was something special in a negative way because um, what was it? Two kicks for touch that didn't go out, kicking the ball out in the full. Like, I, I just hope that's his, that's, his, that's his shocker performance for the year. It yeah. literally cannot get much worse than that. And obviously those were big plays that led to – Big momentum shifts towards the Dragons. And the thing that annoyed me a lot was going up 12 to 2 and just completely falling off. Like the, t it, the, the Titans have obviously lost bigger leads in the past, but I don't know. I feel like they just haven't done so this easy. It, the, uh, probably because of the errors from Tana Boyd, but they just like absolutely threw it away. Um, towards the end of the first half and then that continued on in the second half. I just, 
a, a Ben Hunt directed his side around the park as a bloke who nearly won the Dalian medal last year and is one of the better halfbacks in the comp did, especially against the, a team that just completely shut down for a big part of the game. Uh, a positive I'll take out of it, Blake Laurie scored his first try in the NRL, funnily enough in the game after Alex 12 coming so close to scoring his, if they, if they no, both scored, scored last, their first That's try his second try. Yeah, yeah, it's his second one. Isn't that his first? He scored last week. Oh. Um, he scored last oh, year. Not, he scored oh. in like round oh. 25 or 6. Well, they were going on on commentary that it was his first no, try and all the Dragons year. players jumped on him. So I thought it was. They might have just been happy that they were winning a game. I think um, he scored two but, in his last yeah, three. I'm pretty sure he scored last year. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, well, keep going. Dragons um, fans are telling us probably Dan... Probably Dan Ganane, so I'll blame him uh, for bringing it up. But, I often blame him. Yeah, I'm not really taking too much away from this game because I'll be honest, I, I tried to do my note-taking during this one and it got to about the 50th minute and I just I just couldn't do any more. I, I kept watching the game through my fingers, but it like some of the stuff was unbelievable. Like Some of those mistakes that the Titans were making, the... If the Warriors hadn't played the last 10 minutes of that game against the Roosters, it would have been something that I'd never seen before. But the Warriors. <laughs> Did you not watch the four o'clock game? <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, but like both teams were horrible in that game. It wasn't like one team Fair enough. was playing yeah. well, sort of like realistically in, like, in the hunt or leading the game and then just threw it away uh, like the Warriors and Titans did. But I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say because. Next week against Melbourne. Melbourne are usually a team, funnily enough, that the Titans overperform against for whatever reason. They're nowhere near a bogey team because they don't actually beat them, but there have been a few times where they've nearly pipped them to the post. And you'd think with how Melbourne played and the players they got out against the Bulldogs that the Titans might be a chance, but I don't, I don't think they're any chance at all. I feel like there are big concerns around the Titans. Uh, uh, as there were the Tigers. I mean, you want to talk about how poorly the Tigers and the Knights played. The, the Titans were right there with them. I, like, I've just well, again, you say, I, I, I pulled the, the form guide reference earlier with the Cowboys. You've got to say, you look at it and go, well, Titans got beaten by the team. We we tipped for the spoon and beat the worst team in the comp last week. So maybe you're right, Oliver. Uh, it, it could be an early shout for bottom three. Uh, maybe not, but maybe that is. You know what? Um, I think Gump said it in our chat. Maybe we watch the bottom four teams all play this this Sunday night. Maybe. Knights, Tigers, oh, dragon, yeah, Dragons, yeah. Dragons, Titans. The Dragons didn't and, look and like a bottom four team for large parts of this game. I thought. I thought helps when you have good. an international yeah. halfback. Yeah. <laughs> um, just How much for the, the Tigers? Coach? The one by Ben Hunter had played for. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Points. You know what they yeah, should have done? They should have had. They yeah, should have had Ben Hunt and Tana Boyd play for him to even it out, just to make it interesting. <laughs> Tino with 111 Supercoach points, Ben Hunt with 89, and Zach Lomax with 82. Which um, a few penalties and goals there, I think, helped because I don't think he was overly that good in in the general game, general scheme of the game. But um, I, I was in a. I'll let you go. I'll let you finish because I was in a coma for a large part of this game because I had a, <laughs> had a significant wager on the Titans, who yeah, firmed right. from two twenty into a dollar eighty, uh, at around a two twenty. And for those that know me, uh, a significant wager is 
a significant wager. It's not a small so, one. <laughs> um, uh, so I had to wake up from my coma later, Barney. So you tell oh, only one, only bloke I want to rap is that Blake Laurie deserves all the chocolates because yeah. he is so good. Tries for who he is in. What he brings to the table, he tries his absolute ass off, works hard, hits up, tackles, and to see him score a try, at least brought a, a small bit of um, warmth to my cold, cold heart, David. <laughs> yeah, well, the new Titans got on the bus and they got there and played for about 20 minutes and then they swapped the entire 17 and put on last year's... Well, the old Titans. <laughs> last year's Titans. The good news is only Brian Kelly's fit. <laughs> oh, yes, please. And... Yeah, the, they were in control and dominating for the first 20 minutes. Like, AJ was just buzzing around everywhere, bouncing off tackles, setting up points, and looked like he was just going to take this game and rip it to pieces. Uh, and it looked like it was going to be a dominant Titans win, and we could everyone could sit back and go, yeah, Dragons are going like, to run last, and the Titans are a bit better than what they were last year. But their defence just went out the window completely. They clocked off for the rest of the night <laughs> and the Dragons were good for the, the last hour of the game. They looked nothing like a wooden spoon side, even though they were flattered by the defence of the Titans. Um, yeah, I mentioned AJ. He just he was popping around and then he just, abracadabra, Blake just disappeared. I don't think you saw him again for the next 60 minutes of this game. So I don't know what happened there. Um, lovely individual effort from Sloan for that try where he busted through the middle. He's got some serious pace, and yeah, if he gets his head right well, and gets treated, the, you clearly know. a much better spot after Charity Shield. And yeah. apparently, um, if you hadn't heard, um, the first bloke to message Ralph's game was Latrell. So nice, that's all yeah. good. But yeah, uh, yeah he's if, if we, we've said it for freaking eighteen months. But oh, he's got if they get him right, there's an X factor they, that yeah. a lot of teams don't have. Absolutely, big guy, a lot of pace. Um, he's only going to get stronger the longer he's in 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 the first grade setup. So. Um, someone that can turn into a, a very good player down the track. Um, Hunt had a really nice run and pass and that created two two scoring opportunities for the Dragons. Um, and then it was just a procession. They just clocked in, went through the went through the motions through the middle of the field and the Titans were just on the back foot uh, right up until probably the last 10, 5, 10 minutes of this game where they just proceeded to get run over through the middle of the field. Um, Titans again, another game where they they got stuck on the back foot and could not change the momentum of this game one little bit, and they just had to scramble and scramble. And when you do that for more than sort of ten or fifteen minute periods, it just wears you down and completely breaks your team apart. And we saw it a couple of times this weekend. Uh, it happened to a few different teams. The um, the entire backline, <coughs> including the halves, didn't really make any sort of impact at all. From the Titans into the like, against the Dragons' defence, they didn't seem worried about anybody from the, from the one jersey down to the seven. They did not, except for AJ in that fifteen or twenty minute period at the start. Um, most of their forwards were average without being bad. They just sort of went through the motions and did their job. Fafita and Tino were their standouts. They were their best two players on the field for the Titans by a mile. Um, Poor old Matt Feeguy had a night to forget. Um, I think he had a couple of runs, missed a tackle, a couple of pretty poor errors, and, yeah, he definitely had a night to forget. But the other four of the back five were really good. Sloan Ravalawa had probably the biggest impact on the game. He was fantastic, running over 200 metres and bumping guys off left, right Again, and I remember two years ago we thought he was the next big thing and he just disappeared, and then last year was stop and start and 
bit of yeah, shit. Pretty but good, pretty bad. The, yeah, good and bad last yeah, year. But um, he's, um, yeah, he had a very big impact on the yeah. game. I thought Hunt and Bird were were the puppet masters in this game. They were fantastic in the middle of the field with the their ball playing and and the footwork at the line. Uh, it was Little's best game of his career, I think. Yes, he it played was. as a small <laughs> forward and. <laughs> Yes, I was going to ask you that because, ironically... Simpkins was nowhere to be seen. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, th- I think it was Little's best game of his first grade career. He, w- he was in everything, playing as a small forward there at different parts of this game. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, Laurie was brilliant, as you already mentioned, and Ravalawa. So, yeah, they're, they're probably the, the three that I'd be mentioning would be Ravalawa, Hunt, and um, yeah, Tino and Laurie. So given we laid between the three of us laid six boots into this Dragons team, mm. I guess you've got to give them give them wraps. And if they have found, in fairness, they found a bit of size. They went and got mm. Musgrove, who's never been a in a better system. Game he might be a superstar. But, yeah. but uh, he, he went and found someone who's going to add some size to their pack. Again, Murdoch Missilla, same thing. Missoula, yeah. uh, so they've addressed, and they say, as we talk about, teams that address their issues... Um, you've got to give them a tick. Uh, got got a couple of guys on their night in Suli and Lomax. That's some match winners, which open. sometimes don't, yeah. Uh, Lomax, yeah, it was fine. He was, he was right. Ollie, you didn't get dad there. You're just um, looking sad. I, I don't know how a team, <laughs> and they've done it so many times, can go for a, like playing so good for a portion of the game and I'm there obviously I bring up I spoke about the 20 minute curse of like how teams have the momentum and they're sort of matching the other team I'm not talking about that how a team can completely and utterly dominate a game for a period and then just completely and utterly shut off and decide that they're just not going to play anymore I'm not Ollie. making any accusations Ollie, how, I say how this old in, are you I say this in 22? jest but it it it's like how how can you do it without scripting it? Like how can you have not gone into the <laughs> oh, game watch out. <laughs> Oliver, you're, you're, you're twenty twenty two, yeah? <laughs> I've been watching a team do that for as long as you've been on this earth, my friend. So hey, get used to it, brother. <laughs> you know you do you go and start yeah, a shitty podcast. All right, let's get the therapy over and done with Yeah, boys let's get we need a preview at some point. All right, um, <laughs> Yeah, back. Just can we wrap dragons for a bit? As I said, they they'll beat, they'll be they'll be fine, ish. You know, top Floating half of bottom eight, bottom of the eight somewhere. Ben Hunt's a good player. Turns out, who knew? All right, three Let's points. See if they consistently put up those performances. Well, so and again, we're tempering season. this it's against playing against uh, again playing against a team that finished fifteenth <laughs> last year. So yeah, a lot of teams get up for the first game and then they play a completely different game the next one. Who's yeah, to know? Hundred um, percent. Yeah, we've got a long way to go yet. Uh, three <laughs> points to who are you going to say here? Maybe B Hunt? I had Ravalawa. What? I thought his impact okay. was fantastic. Um, you madman. Got himself a try. 200 odd metres, 17 hit ups, and was making, he was doing the grunt work from in the middle of the field when, you know, there was a couple of other guys that were doing it, but I thought he was fantastic. His impact was great. You know, Blake Laurie for two points, yes. Tackle, cool. tackle bus and stuff. No, I had Hunt for two. Oh. And then I had either Laurie or Tino for the one. Laurie's got to get a point. Swap around if you want. What do you care. think there, Oliver? Uh, definitely <laughs> Laurie getting the point, and I think Hunt probably should get the three. Ben Hunt, Ravalawa, Laurie. Done. Done. Sounds fair to me. 
we need to wrap this with and it'll put a big tidy bow on this by giving everyone a bit of a salute and slap and pot plant. Well, I think we all know. All right, pot plant, get out of the way. 17 of them? There were 17 of them. They're also getting slapped this week. So are we all just daily doubling or you got something else to add? I had um, Matt Feeguy as my pot plant. Okay, I thought he it. had a, a very ordinary night, two horrendous errors, and there's probably more that they didn't get credited for, to be honest. I think he had about six runs, missed a tackle, and made one or two. So pretty ordinary night for the young fella. You got, you got a pot plant, Ollie? Yeah, I do. His name's Tarner Boyd. <laughs> okay. I'm actually going to pot plant the bunker because um, I haven't had a whinge about the bunker yet. And the more I think about this, there's been some very, very average video decisions that is clear to everyone and hasn't happened yet. Well, no, it hasn't happened yet. It did happen and we're wrong. Uh, anyway, we're going to slap some people and we know who I'm slapping. It's the entire West Tigers outfit, their coaching staff, their upper management, uh, most of the supporters and anyone that hosts a West Tigers podcast or at least comes on a podcast and talks about the West Tigers incessantly, such as myself. So um, slapping them. You? Oh, yeah, it has to be the Tigers' attack. For two weeks in a row, there has not been a team that has looked worse with the ball in their hands than the Tigers, and they really need to snap out of it. So Anyway, <laughs> I'll try to start thinking about it again. Ollie, slap us. I'm going to slap the rugby league media for the beat up over that Joseph Sawley oh, not pass to James Tedesco because I 100%, I can guarantee, and I think many fans would as well, Sawley was not making that run, looking over to Tedesco and thinking, I don't want to pass him the ball because he might be the fullback here for another couple of years and I'll have to go to rugby union. Yes, I <laughs> promise you. 100%. Yes, if you've ever had to run all over, that's usually what you think. <laughs> um, That's what I think. I'm like, I don't want to go to rugby union. <laughs> that that is fair. Ball. You know, in fairness, most people think that we're just sitting around as well. So, like in a rugby union. But I don't want to go to rugby union. Exactly. I often wake up in the morning and go, I don't want to go to rugby union. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, you got a salute for us? Definitely not watching it. Oh, fuck, it's torture. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to salute the, do we call it surprising halves? Halves defend. I've made a meal of this, but the the defensive performances from two halves that sort of surprised us: uh, Kyle Flanagan and Jerome Luai this week. Defensive performances, or the performance in general. No defensive performances. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to highlight defensive because the two you don't really expect Not huge known. defensive performances from either of those halves, and they did the work this week. Beauty, fun. Oh, the Dragons and Ben Hunt in particular. The the speech he made coming into the game, getting st stuck into all the people like us that were tipping him to run run the wooden spoon. I thought he was very elo uh, eloquent in what he had to say and he picked out the reasons why they're not going to run the, with the wooden spoon and then came out and put in the performance that he did on the back of that to try and back, him, back up the words that he had to say during the week. I thought it was uh, brilliant. Um, I haven't seen this. The reasons he... Gave him himself and him. <laughs> no, no, what? the unity of the team and the you know the oh, forwards yeah. that they've brought oh. in and how they changed their structure. <laughs> and, yeah, there was there was, a, there was a lot more than I'm going to carry this team. So we <laughs> don't, don't worry, blokes, just sweet. turn up. We'll, we'll be sweet. I'll get us home. We're fine. We'll be sweet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, under, I understand. He can't tell the truth. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. 
I am gonna salute to. Uh, I am gonna salute the. Uh, you just got no positivity left in your life, do you? No, I suck. I had heaps earlier. I'm so keen to salute. I'm gonna salute Sean O'Sullivan. Come yeah. on, him. No good. Doing a good job as like a, a proper first grade half. Yes, but Ollie. I feel like it got mentioned earlier in the show, but I was going to say if he was playing for the Tigers. <laughs> I feel like it was mentioned too. Let's get off Anyway, thank you. <laughs> We've been going for two and a half hours. Thanks for listening. This is shit. Um, we're going to go now and then preview next week where I'll also be depressed. Bye. <laughs>